A big sigh there. Welcome back, everybody. It's the big show of the week. Capping off this first week of podcast we've done. The big preview show. UFC 252. We, we talked about it. Versus Cormier. Three. The trilogy. The settle of the debate. The heavyweight go. Who is it? You're bringing the energy. Oh, <laughs> I'm breaking stuff on set. You're bringing the energy today. I, I had to, you know. Uh, obviously. Um, We've talked about this all week. We have been. And also, uh, we have already done two podcasts this week. One Correct. on Monday, our pilot episode. And then uh, Wednesday, which is actually the day we are filming this. Yes, we are recording this on Wednesday. Right. And uh, today we released our first special video as we're The top ten. Top ten of all time. Who's the GOAT? Um, And we just want to kind of take a moment and say thank you to everybody who has been sharing it, been just really supporting it in any way, following the Instagram, uh, just giving us kind words of encouragement or even constructive criticism. The support this week... Has been unreal. I think it's safe to say that it exceeded our expectations so far, and I'm, yeah. I'm truly, really thankful. Like this is something that's just us doing what we're passionate about, chilling and talking fights, and the fact that people want to listen just makes it that much better. So, thanks everyone so far for the support. Yeah, I mean, when you go into something like this, and for us, it was kind of an easy decision because ultimately. It's what we do in our free time anyways. Exactly. When we're talking, I mean, not that we don't ever talk about anything else, but the majority of our conversations are about the UFC. Because I don't think... For hours. I, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't have any other friends that are as knowledgeable as you are about the UFC, or as interested, I should say. Did while, I vice, vice versa, versa as well. So, like, we're kind of like our go-to person For because we just have that same level of knowledge, right? right? So, yeah, I mean, it's really been a whirlwind, kind of. And I, I know, like, that sounds kind of crazy because, you know, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like you know, we're in thousands of views or anything. But I'm very proud of the yeah, results man. from week one. Uh, keep giving us feedback. And, like, we love the positive comments everybody's had. And, like Noah said, people sharing it and liking our videos, following the Instagram and right. retweets. And it means a lot. And we're just going to keep going. Yeah. You know, we've got so many ideas, so many great topics to discuss, and we hope you guys can be with us along the ride. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there's any better way to cap off this triumphant first week. First week. Than a card that we are just so hyped for. And it's headlined by our boy. My favorite fighter of all time. The man. The Ohio boy. The baddest man on the planet. Steve Pay. Mm. But boy, does he have a tough fight! Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's anyways, and we're and we'll get into that card later. We're gonna do a full breakdown of the main card. Absolutely, our first preview episode. Yeah. And we're, really, yeah. anything else that sticks out to us, uh, we'll even give our predictions for the card. Main I, card specifically, yeah. But I, we'll mention maybe yeah, a, a prelim know, or there, or there too. Man, even for guys like us who watch every week or try to, anyways. Um, <clears throat> There are over 600 fighters under contract yeah. in the UFC. <laughs> we try our best. So inevitably, <laughs> we're, we're not going to know everybody. We're going to have a false statement. And, yeah. you know, hey, call us out on it if you want. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it it's going to happen. It happens. Um, but yeah, we'll give our full predictions for the main card. Uh, not just who we think is going to win, but also... Oh, we're going to break it down. We're going to do by method of victory, the round, win, yeah. everything. Because we were talking before this podcast, and we have pretty similar we thoughts... Do. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how we differ in the actual finish of the fight and maybe what round. And that will give to some good debate there. And we want you guys to comment below. Mm-hmm. Just like hopefully you guys commented your top ten list, your, your GOAT of the UFC. We want to know your predictions, specifically the main event, who's coming mm-hmm. out on top. Um, and if you want to break down the whole main card like us, let us know. Comment and let us know who you think is going to be victorious. Yeah, please do. But uh, without further ado, we are going to get into the news. From the news. Week. It's it's the uh, recap of the week here. Yeah, basically. and let me just say that... <laughs> There's been a lot of news. <laughs> there has been a lot of news. Uh, so much so that we had to cut stuff. We had to cut stuff out <laughs> so you guys aren't with us all night long. And I honestly did not see that coming. No. Because just to give you guys a peel back behind the curtain, um, essentially, you know, this it's very minimal... Uh, work that goes into this we essentially from an editing standpoint yeah, and all like there's that, hardly yeah. any editing i mean really most of it is make, research you make the thumbnails um but when it comes to like the actual recording um i have a google doc that i've shared with dom and uh, for each episode i'll just go through it it's like bullet points so like each news story will be in there so that way we know to stay like on okay. a task yeah because we want to do a certain order of topics and whatnot but throughout the week, like as something gets announced, so I don't forget it. Throw it on. And throw it on there. Yep. Well, buddy, there's about <laughs> there's ten. There's uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's, there's ten. There was about fifteen bullet points at one point, and I was like, "What the hell is going on? <laughs> this is just too much. It's too much." So, first thing first. for our viewers, we 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 chopped it down just a little. Well, okay, actually, another peelback finder. Oh, another peelback. Yeah. So Behind Monday, Wednesday, Friday release schedule. But we do want to make it clear when we're recording these. Especially for the previews. Yeah. I think it's more important for the previews. Yeah. We, uh, you know, weigh-ins happen on Friday. And if you know the UFC, you know people are known to miss weight. Mm-hmm. And that means fights can get canceled. So we want to preface when we make these previews. This week for UFC 252 is on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The fights are obviously this coming Saturday in four days. Um Moving along to further weeks, we want to try and do one day closer, just in case anything were to happen. So we want to try to record on Thursdays with a Friday release. Mm-hmm. But this week we are recording on Wednesday. Um, you guys will see this Friday. So there would have been a press conference that we don't get to cover, and the weigh-ins, obviously, and so on and so forth. Right. So. Um, and the reason why is because Dominic has the pleasure of doing yeah. everybody's favorite thing, and that's moving. Yeah. New apartment this weekend. Getting out of this one. It's been a good two years, but uh, I'm excited for the new one. Our new studio. You know? I'm excited for it, too, because you are right down the street from me. Right, we're going to live on, on the same the, street. We're living on the same street. <laughs> so, uh, whenever I get... So, place, basically, we're going to have uh, five podcasts a week. No, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. <laughs> but, so, that way, whenever I get drunk watching fights at your place, I can just walk back. <laughs> well, stumble back. Yeah, I don't have to crash on your couch. Right. Well, and if you crash on the couch, you crash on the couch. Yeah. You wake I, up the next day, we record a podcast, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so uh, I guess... But yeah, uh, that's why we're not recording on Thursday this week. Yeah, so getting into the first news story, um, obviously as you'll be watching this on Friday, UFC 4, is, the, the new video game. Is now officially out. Yeah, will be on Will Friday. be, yeah, as we are watching, um, yeah. I'm just going to be honest, um, for some reason I'm really excited for this game, even though I do not own the yeah, game Yeah, you're, you're talking about my realm here. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely going to pass this topic on the Dom. Because Dom is an avid gamer. I am an avid gamer. Sports games, you know, Call of Duty, you name it, I've probably played it. Not only that, 
you had early access to the early game. access to the game. So tell the viewers what your thoughts um, are on the game and how you perceive. So being that it was early access, it's kind of like an early build. Uh, but I had a lot of fun. I started my career mode. Um, I will say, you know, I'm tooting my own horn a little bit here, but I did just win the championship uh, two days ago, so that's kind of a big deal. Fun fact, though, my first title defense, which I have not done yet, is against Habib. Oh, so you're a lightweight. Yes, uh, and I probably won't be champion very long. <laughs> so you chose the hard path. I yes, see. I did. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty fun game so far. I haven't done anything outside of the career mode yet, mm -hmm. just because it's not been the official release, so I only had a limited amount of time to play. Uh, but once I get my hands on the full release, it's going to be fun. Do some online things. We can do some one-on-one -on -one mm, matches, yeah, maybe record yeah. it or live be, broadcast. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Something fun. Um, yeah, and I'll probably do another career mode at, like, welterweight. Those are, like, the two weight classes that fit me best, I think, for my actual body in real life. Yeah. So those are the two, and I, of course, started with the one with the beat. <laughs> so it was kind of a bad idea, but, yeah, it's pretty fun so far. Yeah, so everybody go... Pick up your copy this weekend. Uh, for, if you like playing video games, I recommend yeah, it. Yeah, for PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. And now speaking of UFC 4, before we move into the next topic. Mm -hmm. Today, again, we're recording on Wednesday, there was a release for the Daniel Cormier versus Stipe 3 simulation. Mm -hmm. So basically what that is is UFC 4 put the two fighters together and the computer uh, plays itself. And I just wanted to share the results with everybody. It's not the results that I wanted mm. and that I think is going to happen. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. But the results were Daniel Cormier via round four TKO and new. And new. So did that they, was the UFC 4 Did they do the Sean O'Malley fight? Too? They only did the main event. Okay. As of today. I mean, that's reasonable. Right. But I was just curious. So, uh, um, but yeah, that's that's UFC 4 and what happened today. It's kind of sad because that's definitely not what I'm expecting to happen or what I would be predicting, foreshadowing in the, later nice. in the episode. So uh, next topic, uh, once again, I'm going to be passing this off to Dom and I'll explain why. Uh, Tuesday, uh, so yesterday, was uh, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender, the second episode of season four. four. Season four already. Yeah, so for those of you who don't, don't know what Tuesday Night Contender is, it used to air on UFC Fight Pass, right. um, which is the UFC's official streaming service. Um, but once the UFC made the deal with ESPN, um, with their streaming service, ESPN Plus, uh, that show got moved over there. And essentially the way it's been described is it's like the... Um, a tryout. Yeah, they they to called it. Uh, Dana called it like the. Um, it's like a. Um, oh, what, I'm trying to remember the word. He called it the. Uh, it's like a job interview almost. He said the most uh, brutal job interview. Yeah, essentially. right. Uh, so for what it what it is, it's essentially a card. Usually, what five fights or? Did they do a four to five fights? Yeah. So you have four to five fights. Uh, two got you know, two guys or two girls going up against each other. Uh, neither have ever fought in UFC. Correct. So, it's really they're fighting against each other to earn a contract to continue to fight in the UFC. Exactly. And I think it's an amazing <clears throat> concept for a show. It is, and um, Dana obviously sits front row, hence the name Dana White Contender Series, and you are almost guaranteed a contract if you get a big-time finish. Um, so that makes the fights that much more fun. Because right. if you get a decision victory... You're not guaranteed a contract, but if you go out there and knock someone's lights out, 
you're probably getting signed. So it honestly, you know, not a lot of big name people, obviously, because they're still trying to become pros. Right. But the fights themselves are incredible. Yeah, and like I was uh, saying, I'm going to be passing it off to you, but that's because I fell asleep during... Fell asleep. Well, before it started. (laughs) Woke up after it ended. Um, Tried to go on ESPN Plus and watch it before I went to work, but uh, apparently they do not put the uh, newly aired episodes on right away. I could have watched last week's, but I could not watch it. So, uh, anything that stuck out to you? Um... I don't. I'm not gonna do like a you know five five breakdown, but there were some very good fights. Um, one that sticks out specifically to me um, was Corey McKee. McNee, I think it was McKee, is what her last name was. 21 year old uh, female fighter out of Wales. Trains part time over there and trains part time at ATT, which is American uh, Top Team. Or no, 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 not ATT. She trains with uh, Uriah Faber at Alpha Male. Yeah. I apologize for that. Uh, trains half time with Uriah. He was in her corner. He's very high on her, mm-hmm. especially being only 21 years old. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, she was in a barn burner of a fight last night. A lot of grappling and a lot of good striking, and she did get the victory. So she's five and one now. Um, I think there were one or two decisions last night, and that was one of them. And like I mentioned, usually decisions uh, don't get contracts every time. Dana, however, said he was in a very good mood last night after coming home from vacation. Which is hilarious. Um, so he signed her, and uh, I thought that was just worthy of noting just because of how prominent her head coach is um, and the team that she trains with. Um, but other than that, there were some really good fights. I know the last fight of the night ended with a brutal dislocated elbow. Oh, that was disgusting. He got slammed I, I on saw that arm. I saw that making the waves on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, not pretty. It was nasty. Uh, that guy, all five, basically what I'm going toward is, all five winners last night got a contract to the UFC. That's awesome. That is the only, this is the fourth season, multiple episodes per season, this is only the third time that that has ever happened in Contender Series history. Yeah, I believe every season has about eight episodes. I think so. Eight to ten. Give or take, yeah. So, uh, not a very common thing for all five. Right. You know, it's it's kind of an awkward setup. You have all the winners in the back, and Dana essentially gets on the mic and starts telling guys who got a contract. So, those guys who don't, you just see. They just sit sit there on camera. Back to the small shows. Yeah, man. That's tough. It's a very neat concept. Yeah, I love it. Like, I love the show. Mm -hmm. I really do. I I think it's a lot better for today's audience than something like The Ultimate Fighter, which Mm -hmm. obviously has a huge place in the history. But it's also kind of like your reality TV show style. Yeah, and and reality TV seems to be kind of on the downswing, especially for the demographic that the UFC tends to cater to. So... I mean, they're still planning to bring it back, and we'll probably still be covering it just because we love the sport so much. Right. But I definitely think Tuesday Night Contender is a show that could really make some moves, like make some waves. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has, but I could definitely see it becoming a big deal for people. I highly recommend anyone who has ESPN Plus to check that out on Tuesday nights. Mm -hmm. There are three more in the month of August, I think. Two, or two more in the month of August. Two or three. I don't know. But anyways, check it out if you have Houston Plus. Great fights. Awesome. So, moving on from there, uh, Leon Edwards uh, made some news. Essentially called out. Jorge Masvidal. Which, I just want to say that's, in my opinion, that is the fight. 
Uh, let's not forget the three-piece in the soda yeah. from backstage uh, over in the UK yeah. when uh, Jorge knocked out Darren Till mm-hmm. backstage, had a confrontation during his post-fight interview, walked up to Leon Edwards with his hands behind his back, and then bing, bang, boom, rocked him right in the face. Cut him. Cut him and everything. And uh, ever since then, I've wanted to see that fight, and it makes no more perfect sense than right now to make that fight. Yeah, I mean, he essentially called him out. Uh, as probably a lot of you know, Jorge Masvidal is currently probably the biggest star that is remaining active in the UFC. That's a very obviously, and you know, Connor is always going to be the biggest star. I mean, for now, anyway. But like he you said, people. active fighters right now. Yeah, I mean, Masvidal, his rise has been something just so unique, and I and I love to Out see of a movie that story almost. because he's a guy that was kind of like just in limbo. He was. He would win some, lose some. Well, he was looked at as kind of like a journeyman. A journeyman, by a yeah. Lot of that, that was what they were saying in the lead-up to his title fight with uh, Kamaru Usman, uh, Fight Island card. But um, when you look at that that whole year, or yeah, that basically year he had, you start with the Darren Till fight. Cause that Which, was and of, he faced uh, early troubles. He got knocked down yeah, in that fight. He knocked down in the first round. Darren Till is just a... Such a technical Beautiful striker. striker yeah. So he he is always going to be a tough fight. Whether or not he's winning the fight is doesn't really matter. It's just he is such a tough opponent. Exactly. But we had never seen him get really knocked. Like we had never seen him get knocked out cold like that. No. You know, obviously he fought Tyron Woodley for the belt. Uh, I think that was like six months before that fight with Masvidal. And, yeah, probably. And Tyron pretty much. <laughs> ran through oh, him. he ran through him. But Tyron really had a chip on his shoulder, I felt, for that fight and really wanted to shut the hype train down, mm-hmm. and <laughs> he did. Yeah, I mean, it, but he did. Darren Till probably was pushed a little too soon. I believe he was as well. You know, he yeah. had the knockout of Cowboy Cerrone. Um, Cerrone. I think he only had like two victories against ranked opponents. And then it was uh, Wonderboy Thompson. Yeah. A very close decision. A lot of people thought Wonderboy won. I actually thought Wonderboy won. Um, again, we've talked... We've, done this a few times where we've talked about guys getting the wrong end of the decision mm-hmm. ultimately I don't think it was a robbery or anything like that fight could have won either way mm-hmm. um, but he gets the title fight off of that because he just has a lot of hype around him his personality really was what was carried him along with that just exciting striking technical striking style um, but after Masvidal essentially sends him into fucking oblivion yeah, it was bad uh Masvidal then his next opponent is Ben Askren yeah the guy who (laughs) and just you know if you guys don't know what happened in that fight you're probably have been living under a rock yeah because you don't even have to be a UFC fan to have seen what happened during that fight yeah it was uh, we watched it live at B-Dubs I was literally speechless that was the most shocking thing I had ever seen in the UFC Ever. Maybe at any live sporting event. Yeah, I mean, ever. <laughs> because crazy. you have to think, like, now it's hard to look back and think about it, but Ben Askren was Undefeated. dominant in one FC. He and gets Bellator traded before that. Yeah, so he gets traded to the UFC. Which was so, uh, it was like the first time that it ever yeah. happened. And I think it should happen more. Yeah, I agree. But or it was very cool. Never he got really. traded for Demetrius, Demetrius Johnson, yeah. who... We've talked about in our top ten, yeah. one of the best ever, mm-hmm. definitely the best flyweight of all time. Mm-hmm. So that trade happens, and Askren has a lot of hype behind him because he's undefeated. He's a really strong wrestler, 
and he has a good personality. Yeah, he came into the UFC just bashing everyone. He's kind of this goofy-looking dude who, like... Funky. Yeah, Funky. That's his nickname. (laughs) And you wouldn't think that he'd be able to, like, kick ass. But he does. But he does until... Until... (laughs) Well, first you have his debut against Robbie Lawler, who... We talked about this on Monday. Yeah, we did. And Robbie Lawler very nearly finished that fight in about 15 seconds. Yeah, slammed Ben on his head and punched him in the face. Like, <laughs> I swear he punched him in the face like <laughs> seven bad. or eight times. Um, but Ben Askren ends up getting the bulldog choke. There's the controversy. controversial. Yeah. Was Robbie Lawler really out? It was kind of a weird. He looked like he was going limp, but as soon as Herb Dean pulls Askren off, Robbie's like, "Hey!" Robbie's just like, "What the fuck?" You yeah. know. So Askren then is like calling out Jorge Masvidal. They're kind of having their words back and forth, and he talked that ish leading he did. up to that and fight. You know, Askren, like, his way of shit-talking is never really to be, like... It's comical. Yeah, like, it's always, like... Uh, he's, like, very deliberative. Like, yeah. Almost he, like Chelsea. He's never, like, saying that his opponent sucks, you know? Like, he's never, like, just straight up being like, oh, yeah, this opponent's awful. He's basically he's, saying why he's better than... Them. Yeah, he's just, like... He's so just, like, nonchalant. Dude. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah, like, I'm gonna go prove I'm the best, you know, and all this stuff. And, uh, naturally, Masvidal... Does prior to the fight starting up back against the cage with his hands behind his back? Smiles. Mind you, mind you, what you were talking about with the three piece in a soda to Leon Edwards, hands behind the back. He's a savage. Basically, if you see him with his hands behind his back, you you're better, in trouble. You better run. You're gonna you're gonna get pieced up. <laughs> so the fight starts, and before John Anik can even read off <laughs> the fight, this fight is brought to you by Oh, <laughs> yeah. Before he can even announce who the sponsor of the fight is, Masvidal lands the most incredible flying knee in the, the most incredible knockout. Ben in Askren was flat as a board, stiff, stiff, stiff as a board, stiff, yeah, <laughs> stiff was, as a board. It was, <laughs> yes, it was insane. Masvidal then <laughs> gets in his face, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, was... he even like does the like play dead. Yeah, thing. it was sad. Man, that was that was insane. So he instantly his star skyrockets. Yeah, yeah. Fall Nate Diaz. Uh, yeah, the Nate Diaz the BMF belt. Yeah, and everything. That fight ended on a bit of a whimper. Uh, it was in New York. Definitely dominated the fight. Though. Yeah, I agree. That's why I wasn't really that upset with it being called. I don't think that cut was bad enough to call. I it. agree, but. New York State Athletic Commission, that's the state the fight happened in. Still um, newer they, there. They, they, yeah, it's still newer over there. So the doctor, probably not much an avid fan of the sport. Right. Um, he sees Nate Diaz cut. If he was a fan, he would know that that happens in every Nate, Nate Diaz, Diaz fight. Yeah. Um, but he stops the fight, so it kind of ends on a whimper. And um, now, well, then he has uh, essentially he's everybody thinks he's next for the welterweight title with Kamaru Usman right um but for a while it looked like that might not happen he, he was holding out he was holding out for more money um there, he was tweeting a lot about it and Dana was just kind of being like hey like it's a crazy time like mm-hmm. he was kind of just brushing it off well and then the stars aligned yeah so originally the 251 headliner at Fight Island was Usman Defending his belt against Gilbert Burns. He's on a tear. Right Ooh, yeah, and I'm still hoping to see I'm that so fight. I'm so excited for that fight. Um, but yes. A week, six days. A week, a week out. Yeah, yeah six before, days. Six days. Before the fight, Gilbert Burns tests positive for COVID 19. 
Super unfortunate. And in comes Jorge. Yeah, Masvidal comes in, and I don't want to say to save the card. I mean, there was three title fights on that card. It definitely bumped the pot. But the it saved. Up, but... It definitely saved the um, hype. Yeah. Around that card. Yes. It it created more hype. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Because I think the card would have sold really well. It would have. I think Fight people Island, were interested in the fight. Because Fight Island, for as simple of a concept as it is. It's it incredible. has been a money-making machine for the UFC at a time mm. when they've needed it more than ever mm. with the circumstances around. I have my Fight Island shirt with me this weekend. Yeah, so. I, I have a Fight Island shirt as well. Uh, so we participated. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we bought in. Mm. But uh, I think that fight would have sold super well. But you, 1.2 million with would not have happened without Masvidal. You can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> to, that was but a long, long story that short. That was a long-winded way of getting to where we are yeah, now. Yeah, Jorge uh, Well, Usman Liam. essentially dominates the fight. Masvidal yeah. did not... I'm not going to make excuses, you know. Masvidal was likely training the whole time yeah. for Usman. Usman did what he had to do because yeah. he also took the fight on six days' notice. I know? saw the first round as Masvidal looked like he was making a threat uncomfortable yes. on the feet because he usually when you have a guy that's a real strong uh, wrestler like Usman um, if you're someone who's more going to strike with him you're not going to tend to throw a lot of leg kicks because a wrestler will grab one of his legs and try to basically get you off balance and take you down yep he opens up immediately with some head kicks brutal and he had a yeah. brutal body shot yeah like just and powerful shots and I think Masvidal maybe knew his cardio wasn't... It wasn't uh, going to last for five rounds. Five rounds. So I think he was hoping he could get in there and try to get Usman out early. And um, Usman to, recognized that and did to, what he had to do. To Usman's credit, he, yeah. he completely took over that fight and really made it to not even much of a contest yep. down towards the end. I agree. Um, the most foot stomping you'll see in recent memory. Yeah, he got a lot of hate for that. And hey, man. Know, I, I get it. You know, it's I, not I, illegal. I'm not going to keep harping. I've said it in both episodes so far about wrestling, how, how the casual viewer views wrestling, but I'm not going to continue to harp on that. I get it, but ultimately... I just looked at it and I was like, wow, this is dominant and like impressive. And he did what he had to do. Yeah. So now Masvidal, since then, obviously has not fought since. And Leon Edwards... Is uh, a silent assassin. Does and, not get the respect he deserves. And he's been on a tear. Mm-hmm. Is it eight in a row? That sounds right. I, I know want to say to- eight fights in a row. Um, and really, there's no one left. So I'm pulling up the rankings here. Yes. Leon's third, Jorge's fourth. Gilbert's going to fight Kamaru. Mm-hmm. And there's another fight in the works that we'll segue right into after this. Um, but three-ranked Leon versus four-ranked Jorge. There's no other fight that makes sense. The rivalry's there. The draw is there for fans mm-hmm. to want to watch. The promo's literally going to have Masvidal piecing him up backstage. Like, we know that's yeah. going to be in the promo. Yeah. So that's a fight that needs to happen, and I think it's going to be a very fun, interesting fight. Because Leon's a very technical, smart fighter. Mm-hmm. And Jorge, well, we know what Jorge's going to try and come out and do. Yeah. Uh, it is, is it eight in a row? Yeah, it was eight in a row. Yeah. Um, his last fight was over, uh, for Leon Edwards, was in July of 2019. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, he's had a lot of problems with... Well, he uh, couldn't get into the U.S. with yeah, COVID. With COVID. And... So he's had some... It's not for lack of trying. Yeah. Uh, but he beat RDA in his last fight. Um uh, pretty much a dominant fight. I mean, RDA is looked at, and Dana has even said it. He's kind of like, not a gatekeeper, but he's a guy that Dana White says, if you can beat RDA, you can compete with the top of 
the divisions. I completely agree with that and, assessment. Yeah, very underrated guy, but uh, we're really we'll you know we'll keep updating you guys as more comes out. As of now, nothing. Yeah, that's official. just it's it's banter. It, yeah, right it's now. literally it's not confirmed. It's not signed. Really, Edwards wasn't even talking shit. He just said it makes sense for me to fight Masvidal. Yeah, and we agreed. Now I want to. I'm going to actually change up the script because I want to segue right into Woodley Covington. Yeah, I, I realized right before yeah. we started talking about it that we should do that. Um, so if if you guys don't know, Tyron Woodley, former welterweight champion, dominant welterweight champion, four title defenses, uh, has some beef with Mr. Colby Covington. Not everybody's favorite fighter, but you can't deny how great of a fighter Colby is. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently it has been signed... ESPN MMA even tweeted a picture that it's been confirmed, but the UFC hasn't. Um, But it's for September 19th-ish. They haven't really... So, Woodley uh, posted that he signed the contract. Yeah, on Instagram stories and all that stuff. Um, And this is a fight that's kind of been a long time It's years in the making, yeah. Uh, Really, it's just... It's one of those weird ones that never seem to get, like, find the right timing I guess and it's a it's a storyline where former teammates mm-hmm. used to live with each other train together turned enemies yeah and well really Colby is everybody's enemy yeah but this rivalry here with him and Tyron uh, it, it's big yeah it's and very big my only thing with this fight is I, I wish, wish it happened two I years ago I wish it would have happened when Tyron <laughs> yeah. was champion yeah um, I was never that big of a fan of Woodley as champion now don't get me wrong dominant champion the way he won the belt and, and the way he beat Till I guess I shouldn't say that I wasn't like a big fan like I just you know I I guess like and I'm not gonna even say that I would have rooted for Colby over him because you know not even politics in this discussion. Yeah, this is just, just the fact that I mean Colby just, you know, he get he he plays a character, he does his thing, and it works for him. And it's shout very, out Triple C. Yeah, it's very irritating. Yeah. Uh but I wish that fight would have been booked back then. Yeah, the tyrant of late is not that same time. Um so he he's, loses he's he essentially loses, been dominated. Yeah, he loses his belt at UFC two thirty five to Kamaru Usman, the guy we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, dominantly, a fight that he, I don't know if anybody it didn't look like Tyron. I don't know if anybody predicted it to go that way. Not that way. I mean, I could see predicting Usman to win. Yeah, but not. But essentially, that was a wrestler. Didn't he have like two ten eights? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was. Oh, uh, it was. It was a dominant. It was pretty ugly. I mean, it was like a fifty forty three type decision. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, coming off that fight, Tyron hadn't fought in a long time. Long and layoff. He uh, comes. Out, uh, I believe that was in June. Yeah, it was at the Apex. Yeah, he he's in the main event of a fight night against Gilbert Burns. And like we already mentioned, Gilbert Burns is on a tear right now in that division. And what's funny is Gilbert Burns had pretty much risen to the top so quickly that I actually thought for Woodley, it was kind of I thought it might be a good decision a good fight. because I hadn't really seen like okay Gilbert Burns looked fantastic against Damian Maya. Yeah. Who is no easy opponent for anybody. Oh, if you're on even the ground with him. A, yeah, even at his age, he's at. I mean, yeah. He's always going to be a threat. But, you know, before that, like, the level of competition decreases quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So I thought for Woodley, this would be a good comeback fight for him if he was to still have those title aspirations mm-hmm. or at least, you know, fighting at the top of a card type deal. But instead uh, he gets dominated again. Yeah. 
Uh, Gilbert Burns looked fantastic. Basically, let's look at it. He was he was hurt a few times in that fight. Uh, Even yeah, Yeah. Usman didn't even do that. Burns. Well, you could argue Burns had a more convincing performance. I'm pretty sure in like two minutes into the first round, Gilbert he he went for the kill. Uh, Uh, Didn't get it. Obviously, it was a decision win. But so what kind of hurts the hype for this fight? uh, Potential fight, I should say, with Woodley and Covington is I mean Woodley has lost ten rounds in a row. Yeah, his last two fights, five round decisions. He has lost every all round. ten rounds, and those are two great guys, obviously the champion, and right now the number one contender. Number one but Covington is literally what? Isn't he number two? Uh, yeah, again. So this would be a number two versus number five. Woodley's yeah. fifth, and Colby is second in the welterweight rankings. And in my opinion, in that you know Colby has fought for the belt. He fought at two forty five against Usman, and that was a bet. great fight. I actually had the fight like if I was like when I was scoring it. At you home, had Colby up going. I had into Colby the... up, and Usman, to his credit, finished. Broke his jaw. Yeah, well, that broke his jaw, break early, his jaw early. He broke his jaw earlier in the fight, but he ends up dropping him twice in that fifth round. Second time, ultimately finishes mm-hmm. the job. Uh, so credit, all credit to him there because you know those guys were going at it, man. I mean, they were both. They're both known for their wrestling, and they did not wrestle one time. <laughs> yeah. So that's always awesome to watch when those matchups work out. Um, I definitely, as of now, and I know if this fight gets announced like we assume it does, uh, we'll talk about it more when that time comes. But I definitely am leaning heavy to Covington here. I Uh, I like how the welterweight division is really playing out. mm -hmm. People are fighting who they should be fighting. You know, that's uh, that's the top six fighters. Yeah. Assuming Usman and Burns signed to fight at the end of the year or whatever. And that's what I like to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and also, just a quick note, uh, the pay-per-view, UFC 253, was originally scheduled for September 19th. Um, the the headliner that had been announced by pretty much every source, including Except ESPN, for the UFC. besides <laughs> the UFC, is uh, Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight belt against Paulo Costa. I don't know why I said it like that. Paulo Costa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, gosh, what a fight That's that is. A, yeah. But apparently that pay-per-view might be moving back a week to September 26th. Because that uh, will be co-mained by Robert Whitaker and Jared, Jared Cannonier. Uh, that's the... Which uh, is number one contender for the yeah, title. Well, that's what it's looking like. So that's like a really anyways. cool pay-per-view idea. So, uh, obviously more news will be coming out about that. More official news, and we'll be able to give that to you guys as it comes. Um, I think next up here is we're going to get into some more sad news. Yeah, man. Uh, we had, you know, it's been kind of a rough couple weeks for the UFC when it comes to guys having to Illnesses, drop out of, out of Obviously, with the world we're living in right now, you have the factor of COVID-19 making guys having to pull out of fights. And um, we just had one of the big fights for the August 29th card, which can't, I was seem, so excited. Which can't seem to get any luck here because we'll we'll get into the main event of that later. But uh, Jeff Neal. Up-and-coming prospect, undefeated beast. Beast of a beast. I think he's undefeated. Yeah, I think so. He's a, he's a beast. Uh, was set to fight Neil Magny, a very tough veteran. And mm-hmm. that's like a very good matchup on paper. Yeah. Unfortunately, Jeff Neal had to pull out. Um, I don't know what his diagnosis was, but he yeah. literally he posted on Instagram saying he nearly died. Some sort of wild infection, mm-hmm. just unfortunate. Uh, but he's safe. He's at home now, yeah. getting better, recovering. Yeah. So that's good news. Yeah. But yeah, that was a great fight. Hopefully, we get to see that 
play out at some point. Yeah, and I just hope uh, wishing Jeff Neal and his family the best right yeah, now. And for hopefully sure. he'll be able to bounce back soon because he's just so freaking exciting. Yeah, to watch, he's man. very fun to watch. He, he's, I mean, I, I think he's very legit. He could be a problem in that yeah, division. I agree. But, now, but know, there's a that, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, with that being said, Neil Magny does still have an opponent for August 29th. And, and this one. Excites me because what an opponent. You know, I, I think you're you're obviously a fan of this guy. Too. You definitely are bigger. I this he may be actually my favorite <laughs> fighter of all time. It's I mean, Stipe because of Ohio, you know, right. and obviously he's the man. Yeah, baddest man on the planet. But <laughs> ruthless, Robbie Waller. Yes, I didn't know if uh, I was uh, you know <laughs> taking that from. Me. And he has stepped I, up to replace Jeff Neal. I'm very excited for this fight while also being skeptical. Um, skeptical. Um, Neil Magny look, has looked pretty good as of late. Uh, he just fought recently at UFC 250 against Anthony Rocco Martin. Yeah, and I picked uh, Rocco Martin to win. Really? I picked Magny, and he looked, he looked good. He looked good. Uh, before that, at 248, he fought against Li Jingliang, who is another guy who... You know, maybe not a guy that everybody goes, oh, yeah, that guy's great. But he is like, he's a big dude in that division, and he has really beaten some good guys. So you like to see that. Um, really, before that, though, with Magni, he got knocked out by Ponzinibbio. That was back. He's back. always fighting kind of those top 15 yeah. guys. I mean, all of his losses have been to. This is a, a big fight for Magni. Yeah, man. it really is, because Robbie Lawler uh, has not fought. He's a staple of that division. Robbie Lawler has not fought since August of 2019, so it's been a year. And he's uh, coming off of, you know, he got dominated in his last fight. Yeah, against Colby. And, and this is know, number 13 versus number 14. Robbie's 13. Yeah, and you have to thank for Robbie. That Colby fight was, um, even though we know how good Covington is, it was kind it of be embarrassing. Disappointing. Yeah, yeah, disappointing might be a better word for Robbie because Covington was piecing him up on the feet, too. Mm-hmm. And he for a guy, set a record for yeah, strikes. Yeah, for significant strikes, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And um, you never want to see that for a guy who's not known for his striking ability. Uh, obviously, Robbie is probably past his uh, title aspiration. And days. prime. I think he's yeah. he stays out of his prime. Uh, he's on a three-fight skid as of now. He's back at twenty. the end of 2017. He lost to RDA, who seems to always pop up out yeah. of nowhere in these videos. Then the aforementioned Ben Askren fight. Uh, which he looked great in up he until did. that bulldog choke. He kind of just got caught in and out of nowhere, and then the Kobe fight. Uh, so, so it could I'm, be a big bounce I'm, back I'm, win for Robbie. I'm very excited for this fight. I'm glad to see Robbie fighting again. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little nervous that he might be kind of retired, but I don't see any reason why he can't hang around the top ten of that division. Oh yeah. Um, whether, and I mean, really, Neil, he has nothing really, left to prove. Even if he loses this fight, I mean, Neil Magny is a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's stepping in as like a late replacement. So, inevitably, he will probably be an underdog in this fight. And it might not be like smart money to bet on him, but I, I, it's hard for me to ever bet against Roots. We know you and your parlays. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> this should uh, be a fun fight, nevertheless. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, continuing on with the August 29th card. Uh, our main event, we had talked about Talked it. about this on our, our pilot yeah. episode. Um, so originally... We were we, calling for Cater to be Yair Rodriguez's Rodriguez <laughs> replacement <laughs> yeah. uh, um, for the August 29th fight night against Zabit. But that, unfortunately, is not going to happen. 
Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate, but I kind of, it's kind of what we thought was going to happen. Zabit is back in Russia now. He is officially out of the main event on August 29th. Um, Dom, I'm just curious for you, um, not necessarily who you think might fill in for like a main event. I mean, it might end up being Robbie Lawler and Neil Magny, mm-hmm. just the way it's going. But, um, And I guess the bounce, before I... <laughs> okay, let me... Let me back up here. Because before <laughs> I ask you the question, uh, there's kind of a two-parter to this, right? So one of my big points, and I think you were kind of agreeing with this, was I thought if Z- I thought Zabit was kind of lucking out here. Like I think he's, I thought he was lucking himself into a title shot. He's like in a better spot for a title shot now than he was. Yeah, because Yair is no pushover, right? And for him to get to not have to go up against him, not saying he wouldn't be game for that, because mm-hmm. Zabit is just. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, he was still, like, doesn't have to fight Yair, a top five guy in that division. And he could still inevitably be the number one contender in that division. 100%. But uh, we've seen some Twitter exchanges recently between the uh, champ, Alexander Volkanovsky, and... (sighs) You know, I'm glad Triple C's getting brought up in, yeah. on, in our podcast. Yes. It'll be the first of many, yeah. I hope. And then the former flyweight and bantamweight champion. And Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> Henry Cejudo. The king of cringe. Yeah, they were going back and forth. And what, what's Alex so weird. Alex posted a hilarious picture, yeah, by the it, way. it was pretty funny. But uh, he, basically a picture of him reading a bedtime story to... <laughs> Henry with Henry's face was photoshopped on a little kid's face or body, whatever. Henry proceeds to respond to the tweet and says, uh, "I'd rather receive a gift uh, like you did against Holloway." And then one of the best things the King of Cringe has ever said: "I've seen better decisions on Ninety Day Fiance." Can we just take a minute? Uh, yeah. It was, I mean, that is just so funny. Man. It was pretty funny. Now, I will say, all jokes aside, that's a fight that I would want to see. There's nobody else at Featherweight I want Cejudo to fight because he doesn't size up well against any of them except for Volkanovski. So, if he's going to come back, I want it to be that fight. And you can't really deny Henry after all he's done. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm okay for the fight. There's a weird fight. timeline that leads up to this, right? So... We've talked about Volkanovski quite a bit, so you guys, if you've checked out our other two, which, shameless plug, go check out... If you haven't. Go check out our other two podcasts if you haven't yet. Uh, But with Cejudo, um, at UFC 249, the first card back from post-quarantine... Great card, too. How long was uh, UFC now? Six weeks. Six weeks. Felt like forever. So we come back with a banger of a card, co-main... Henry Cejudo defending the bantamweight belt against the returning Dominic's number six fighter of all time, Dominic Cruz. It's because we have the same name. No, I'm <laughs> right. just kidding. I'm just kidding. And uh, Cejudo, uh, really, I mean, neither guy was looking. I mean, they both were looking pretty good. I it mean, was they were a competitive just, fight. They were feeling each other out quite a bit. You know, Dominic Cruz has that tough, just like lanky, awkward style of fighting, mm-hmm. and Cejudo is really just. Completely evolved into being just like one of good the, at everything. Yeah, he's good at everything, man. And then he um, landed that freaking. It was kick. a shin. To it was like a head. shin to the face. And yeah, <laughs> and it was done. Yeah. Now, 
controversy. I feel like we say that a lot. I a lot, don't was, think it was. I thought it was a fair stoppage. Yeah. Um, he was just going to keep getting hit. Yeah, Dominic Cruz did not think it was, and uh, therefore a lot of fans were also crying for uh, like bullshit on that one. And, mm-hmm. uh, I I get it. You know, it, it is what it is. But Cejudo, you know, everybody uh, for me, I thought Dominic Cruz was going to retire after that fight. Yeah. With all the injury problems, and he has that great gig as a UFC commentator. And he's very good at it. Yeah, very good at it. And I still think he has a little in the, left in the tank. Just I mean, a little. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't. It's just, it may, is it there's worth nothing it? else for him Is it worth it for him to yeah. have to endure potential more just serious injuries? I agree. I mean, how many times can a guy tear his ACL or equivalent in the like knee area mm-hmm. to where you're talking about a not walking ever again. You yeah. know? I mean, it's that's what we're. I mean, that's eventually going to be the case, right? Mm-hmm. So, but surprisingly, he doesn't. Uh, Henry retires. Yeah. In a shock. That was very surprising. And um, I, I think everybody was left feeling like, okay, but like, is he really going to yeah, retire? Yeah. And if you know Triple C, then you know you were kind of like. It's kind of like right up his alley to do something yeah. like that. And it, it yeah. all kind of came off like maybe he was trying to pull like. Uh, a negotiation tactic. And here um, he is. You know, they they basically stripped him of the Bantamweight belt immediately, which is kind of, like, funny because you don't – usually even when guys retire, like, with the belt, they, they don't usually strip them, like, right away. At least when guys, like, say they're retiring. Um, but they stripped him immediately. And really, literally the day after he retired till now, he has not stopped – Running his mouth on Twitter and, and are we surprised? No, and you know I'm, I'm. I think I feel like out of the two of us, I'm kind of the Henry. You defender. love the king of cringe. I just respect his ability. He's a, a great fighter. I put it like this. this: you mentioned obviously the the two belts, you know, flyweight, bantamweight champion, but also he did win Olympic. When you throw a gold medal on top, that's why I made the statement. That if we're talking combat sport overall, I said he's the best combat sports yeah. athlete ever. And if he were to somehow get this fight against Alex and win a third mm. belt, I mean, that'll never be done again. We're talking top 10 of all time in the UFC. Uh, it's hard to not put him. It was hard for me not like to put him in five. our. It was hard for me not to put him in. We're our, talking three belts. Yeah. That's insane. But. That's a you know yeah. they, they're just trash. And what's funny is he. It's not like he's just been calling out Volkanovski. He was calling out. He just uh, doesn't care. Jan saying yeah. he's a paper champion. Yeah, Rena uh, champ. Yeah, Davison Figueredo, the flyweight champ. He's really just calling out everybody. Uh, but it seems like um, kind of you know the latest is him Volkanovski. Will that happen? Um, I think I would still much rather see him fight Zabit just. Because yeah, we segued off of I, that, right? I, I, uh, Zabit, to me, I think... Well, I mentioned this Monday, so there's not much more to say, but I think just get him a fight as soon as you can if you're yeah, the UFC. Yeah, I, I agree. And if it's Volk, then it's Volk. Right. So. so, which one would you rather see? I think that... Zabit. After I went through that long uh, side note, I remember I was supposed to ask you a question, but I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure that's what I was going to end up asking. I, uh, Zabit. I, I think Zabit deserves it anyway. Mm-hmm. He was just going to have another fight because he loves to fight and yeah. he's a savage but yeah I think it makes sense and if especially with Ortega and Zombie Korean Zombie supposed to fight hasn't been announced 
Zabit has earned his shot. And, yeah. and I mean, then it can kind of settle the whole Max Holloway thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. If they announce Cejudo versus Volkanovski, we're going to be excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, but for the sake of competitiveness and divisions, I like it when guys earn their title fights by fighting in a division. And Zabito looked like a giant next Because time. let's be honest, if Henry does beat Volkanovski, is he really going to keep defending no, the belt? No, not a chance. You know, it's, it's just... Let's keep the divisions going. It's like I get why, but it's like... Why at the same time? <laughs> yeah, uh, but obviously um, there'll be more on that to come. Uh, but moving on from there, some more uh, somber news. Yeah, this one sucks. Um, our co-main event for August twenty-second fight night: Yoel Romero, one of my favorite guys ever, uh, versus Uriah Hall. That was uh, going to be so fun. Is now. That fight is off because Yoel had to pull out for an undisclosed injury, at least at the time that I read about it yesterday or so, or a couple days ago. Um, and I really just feel bad for Uriah Hall here. I mean, obviously you feel bad for Romero. Uh, you know he's looking to bounce back in a big way after... I feel like this was that first... Oh, sorry, I cut Oh, you. well, just I was just going to say that I, I feel like he was looking for a big bounce back because that title fight he had with Adesanya is just... One of the worst title fights yeah, I've ever get seen. Get that out of here. Um, and this was Uriah Hall, who was just this one was, of the most dangerous guys. This could have been Uriah league. Hall's coming out party. Yeah. Like, this was the biggest fight of his career, a top five fighter, and now. So, hopefully, Yoel Romero recovers well, and we'll see him back in there soon. But I also feel really bad for Uriah Hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's why, essentially. Since UFC started putting back on events, Uriah Hall's been booked in two fights, and both his times his opponent has had to pull out. UFC 249, he was supposed to fight Jacare Souza. That, was, that would have been fun, too. It would have been a Jacare was the first fighter to test positive. Yeah, he tested positive while okay, uh, while at the um, uh, hotel. Yeah, he was there with his training Yeah, so his coaches. Some of his training partners. Yeah, the whole uh, corner yeah, basically had t- it. Test positive. Uh, so Uriah doesn't get an opponent, obviously, because, you know, the circumstance, all the testing you have to do, lean up. Um, and then he gets this fight with Yoel, which is probably a bigger, bigger fight, fight for him. Yeah, it is. And now this happens again, and we're essentially a week and a half yeah. out. I so. doubt there will be a replacement. <sighs> yeah, I mean, if you kind of look at the rankings here, you know. Is so anybody even Uriah available? Hall is ranked number nine right now. In front of him, you have Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. Brunson just fall. Derek Brunson. Till Derek just Till. fall. And then if you go below, you're yeah. right, you got Shabazian who just fought. Um, Akhmadov who just fought. Brad Weidman just fought. Or he's... Yeah, he's yeah Weidman's 11th on mine now. Oh, okay. So mine's not updated, I see. Um, but yeah, I don't really foresee um, him getting a replacement here. Hopefully they can just, similar to Zabit, book him with someone as soon as possible. Yeah, or reschedule the fight even. Like, whatever they have to do. Uh, Just get it done as quickly as possible for Uriah, because I feel bad for him, you know. Uh, Anything else about that, Vern? Hopefully he just gets a fight soon, man, at the end of the day. Unfortunate. A big fight. So, the second to last story for today, I'm telling you guys, it's a huge... Yeah, this is a lot of... Uh, huge day for A news. lot of news. Um, we have a big bantamweight fight that's been announced. Now, I don't 
again, this was just on MMA Junkie, so I don't know how official it is, but it, the sources came from Combate. What's, yeah, what's funny is you told me this right before we started recording. Yeah, I had just uh, now seen it. And what's, I was really surprised at first. I was like, oh, wow, like, I can't believe that got announced. But then I thought about it, I was like, I had been reading about that like on Twitter for like a couple weeks now that that was like been rumored to be happening. And it's Marlon Rice versus Corey Sandhagen. Bantamweight, 135 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it's I a big fight. And it and makes sense. From the rankings I have in front of me, which might, based off of what you were just telling me about Weidman, might not be Let me give it accurate. a look. But um, Rice is the number one uh, bantamweight. Coming off the win against Alder. Number one uh, contender, essentially. And then... Sandhagen's fourth. Sandhagen's fourth. So it's a big fight. I mean, we're all assuming... Very early on in the... We're, we're all yeah. assuming that Aljo... Aljamain Sterling will be getting the uh, title fight against Peter Young. I hope so. Uh, Dana won't confirm it, which is weird. I don't know why. Because I think he's more than earned it, but we're assuming that's going to happen. So essentially, this fight would be the... I, I don't want to go that far. I was going to say it would be... I like think the, for Marais, it would be number one Yeah, Marais... Not necessarily for Yeah, Sandhagen. because uh, for those of you who don't know... Um, Corey Sandhagen fought Aljamain Sterling. And got dominated quickly. Yeah, that was that was a rough rough showing for Sandhagen. Really, it was and just, I was high on him was, coming yeah, into that. It was just Aljo looked so Yeah, it was more an Aljo thing. Yeah, but because of that, Sandhagen just man, didn't even get a chance to really do anything. Fight was over before it began. Oh, yeah. really. It's like a minute and a half fight, that was it. Um and this is a tough like it's, bounce yeah, back. This is a, no. This is no easy no. fight for him. Marlon Moraes. He's mean, a guy that just puts people to sleep in that division. Let's not forget that he put Aljamain to yeah, sleep. Yeah, he put Aljamain to sleep in literally a minute and seven seconds with so, a knee to the face. Yeah, incredible. Uh, he just his last fight was in December against Jose Aldo. We talked about that fight mm-hmm. uh, a little bit and. I think it was the last podcast. More controversy. Yeah, just, I feel like we keep bringing it We up need to now. change our name. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the Jose Aldo fight, which, uh, that one definitely, I think, was more egregious than some of the other ones we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so, that I'm going to say it again, that Dana White gave Aldo the title fight against, against Jan, Jan off that fight, which he technically lost on two of the judges' scorecards. Yeah. Um, not really a fan of that kind of book. Not at all. Uh, Marais has kind of been in limbo ever since, just not really sure where he fits in and all this. But a win here, and especially if it's a dominant performance, mm-hmm. title shot, for yeah. sure. And, I couldn't agree and that is rumored, I did just want to mention, it's rumored for October 10th. Yeah, so still quite And a it's supposed away. to be a main event. So. Okay, so... Still, it would be a fight night. Still quite a ways away. But, but a fun fight to at least mention that got brought yeah, up this week. Uh, that's going to be a tough fight for Sanhagen, I think. Marlon Rice is just so freaking like big for it's that good. division. Yeah, he is. Very strong. Um, but anyways, the last... Last but not least. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this, this is a weird one. Okay? It's surprising. I, I think. <laughs> and it... <laughs> I don't even know. How, I can't even get the words out. Oh, well, I'll All take right. it for you. Yeah, you, you, you. So, just literally today, again, we're recording on Wednesday. This, this just got announced like an hour before we started recording. Paige Van Zandt, uh, her most recent fight 
was the last fight on her UFC contract, and she got dominated by uh, the beautiful Amanda Rebus. Yep. So cute, so funny, by yep. the way. Amanda, if you're listening, <laughs> hi. Um, but Paige got dominated, and she's just been off the last few years anyway. A lot of injuries, which sucks for her, but she really hasn't had any good wins. And I don't want to try to for, – oh, well – Basically, the headline is she, that... She signed today with Bare Knuckle FC. Yeah. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Yeah. They don't fight with gloves. It is, Hence, Bare Knuckle. Yeah, it's Bare Fist. Yeah. It hurts. And I think what's so surprising about this is when you um, look at Paige Van Zandt's career, she, in a way, she's almost... She's like underrated and overrated at the same time. Uh, because she... Her star... Basically, her stardom essentially took off immediately. Super young, super young. Dancing with the stars. Very pretty girl. Goes on Dancing with the Stars. You know, she was kind of uh, making, kind of getting more of that female demographic along yeah. with the obvious. She males. had a good story, I thought. Yeah, yeah. and um, she actually was not like. I mean, she she did pretty well for herself in the beginning. Um, obviously, kind of around, basically around when I was starting to watch, around 2016, 2017, she just started fighting a lot less with injuries. Um, it seemed like her interest started to move outside of the octagon. Huge following on Instagram, yeah. lots of sponsors. And, yeah. You know, I can't hate Obviously, on Obviously, the Dancing with the Stars thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sit here and act like she wasn't, like her head wasn't. Fully in, invested. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to like pretend like I know that. I'm just saying, that's what it seemed like. And a lot of the talk about what her move would be, because nobody really thought she was coming back to the UFC. I personally thought she was going to go to Bellator because that's where her husband, yeah, Austin Vanderford. I figured fights. that would be her move as well because I think she, they could have promoted her well there. Well, for Bellator. you have to think she does. She is a big name for women's fighting. Yeah, still in Bellator, I don't really know any big women's names. Granted, I don't follow it enough. Well, I think it's just that. She could probably compete pretty well over there. Yeah. And then she is a name. And Bellator, I'm not going to, like, shit on them. I mean, I I hope to get into some of their older fights at some point over the course of the next few months and really try to learn more about the history of their um, organization. Yeah, organization. But I don't know. It seems like they always tend to sign these, like, guys that are – they couldn't get it done in the UFC. Yeah, or or over the hill, you know. And that seemed like what this move was. Like, it seemed like the perfect move for them or the most Bellator move. Bare Knuckle must have been willing to give up the, the This bag. move, though, is a complete 180 yeah. of what I thought about Paige Van Zandt. Now, yeah. when you think about her interest outside of the cage, right? So, you know she has a great personality. She's very, like, bubbly, very active on social media. She's got a very pretty face, very friendly girl, everything like that going for her. She's very young. Um, going to Bare Knuckle, which... Again, I, I'm people. not going to say... I'm, I've never watched the Bare Knuckle uh, FC fight. I have seen the results of some of those fights. Because uh, there's been some guys who have fought in the UFC, like some vets that like I actually know, who have went over there and fought. Even like Artem Lobov. The goat. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Uh so man, for for what her like, what I thought, what she her would, brand is built on, yeah, this is not like what you would think she would do. This is crap. It's pretty nuts, and I really don't like have any other. 
yeah. analysis except yeah. for really it's just like well, we'll see how this goes yeah I mean I'm interested to see kind of how it goes for how long it lasts yeah um, and who knows I mean we could find out that she's signing there and she's not even fighting you know she does have that personality going she's uh, done commentary when the UFC was on Fox yeah so, so it, nothing would surprise me there um, I think there's a lot more to come from this and we'll obviously be even if we're not watching it live because um, can't say that bare knuckle would necessarily I'm not as uh, interested to be no, honest with you not, not really but I did think it was worth uh, talking about just because oh, of yeah. how crazy Well, it that's is. a big name for the UFC. Yeah. So. But uh, that's it for the news. That's a long news <sighs> section. I mean, we went probably about an hour there. Yeah, we might have to timestamp at least where the news section <laughs> ends, just in case anybody yeah. wanted to write to the recap. Or the preview, I should say. But, but now, this is it. It's time. Bring in Bruce Buffett. <sighs> we... This is the UFC. I've been, I've been holding it in. Like I've, I've been like, man, we, we've talked about it all week. Because I, I, I really wanted to talk about the news and stuff because we were, me and you haven't really gotten a chance to talk about a lot of this stuff. But then, in the back of my mind, it's like, all right. We need get, this new section to be over. Let's get to the preview. Yes. Let's get to the preview. And here we are. So, I think the way we should do this is we're going to break down the main card, right? Yes. Um... Do you think we start right at the top, like right at the main event, or do we kind of, you know, we're not going to touch as much on the, um, like, first couple fights of the main card. I so mean. kind of get through those first. Yeah. I say we just start first, and we'll save the main event for the main event. Yeah. And to start with our discussion about this, it, it starts on a sour note. A lot of sour notes yeah. in this episode. Um the uh, Dom, you were even talking about this in our pilot episode. Yeah, a fight that you thought Dana White would possibly talk about as being like, if you don't, if you know, don't know, now you know. And basically, what you're trying to say is you think this could be a fight of the night type fight. Um, unfortunately, Jan Kudaleva nice, is out of his fight with uh, Magomed on. You know, I'm impressed. Your pronunciations I, the last through three name, episodes, or this is the third episode so far, have been very good. The, the last name is what gets me there. I, the The first name I feel like I got. But that that fight is off. It's been and moved, that was a rematch. It's been moved to August 29th. Oh, they did move it to yeah. the 29th. Okay. Yeah. So, I did not see that, so that's good. Um, Kudaleva test positive for COVID-19. And it's, you know, too soon to keep the fight obviously because it's in yeah kind of surprising that they're you know I I get it like you get COVID and some you know you do the two week quarantine thing right uh, kind of surprised that they legitimately just pushed the fight back two weeks Uh, but hope he recovers right on time so we'll see if that fight really you know maybe I would assume he doesn't have symptoms potentially if that's the case I haven't heard any more about it but that's pretty much to the extent I know but you told me right before we started recording. Yes, they have made a replacement. For the first fight of the main card. And it right. is a fight that was originally scheduled. Well, it's the, uh, the second fight. Oh. According to this so, on the UFC's okay, so, thing here. So, uh, go ahead. So, well, the replacement fight, it was just, it was going to be a prelim fight. Right. And they bumped it up to the main card on the pay-per-view. It is now Herbert Burns and Daniel Pineda? Pineda. Pineda? Yeah. Um, Herbert Burns... Is of course Gilbert Burns's brother, brother right? Um, Gilbert Burns is in his corner. 
He's a stud as well. He's 11-2 and two right now. He just had a submission win in June. So it's a good fight to bump up to the main yeah, card. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Pineda is going into his UFC debut. 26-13 and 13 overall. So, guy who's, who's he's, you know, earned his stripes or whatever you want to say uh, across the... Lots of fights. Across the world. But uh, a tough first fight for him. Yeah, Herbert Burns is no joke. Yeah, and I I guess uh, my prediction for this fight is I see Herbert Burns getting a... I'm going to go with the second round. I forgot about predictions. Uh, I was going to go with like a second round TK. Well, should have thought about this before. Well, I'll go. I'll take the yeah, floor while you think. I, I am picking Herbert Burns. I think I was very impressed with his last performance, and these two brothers are on a tear right now, and with mm-hmm. Gilbert being in this corner especially. Right. Uh, I'm, he won his last fight via submission, and I'm picking him by submission for this fight. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to think he gets it done in the first round here. First round submission for Herbert Burns. I think I'm going to ultimately go second round submission. I'm going to agree with the submission. I mean, literally, this dude submits yeah. anybody. Yeah, he's good. Very um, good. I don't know too much about Daniel Pineda. I don't, I, I, you know. I don't either. Yeah, it's just. I can't say too much. It's his debut in the UFC, and we've been pretty clear. We don't even watch a lot of Bellator. Right. Or 1FC or Ryzen. We'll get better. Let alone these real small promotions, you know. Yeah. Uh, So overall, that's how we see it going. For all we know, though, you know, the UFC can do, they do this a lot where they give these guys these debuts and you've really never heard of them, but. You know, they have a great team over at UFC that are really picking these guys out from obscurity. They bumped this fight to the main card over others for, for a reason. reason. And this so. was a fight originally scheduled for the Fight Pass prelims, which are before the, the regular They, they are the prelims to the prelims. So, not saying that they don't put good fights on there, just saying that... Uh, this this, lesser known this got bumped up over, like, a Jim Miller fight, you know, a guy who... Felice Herrick. Yeah, so... Even Ashley Yoder. Yeah, they put it on there for a reason. Um, that, that is at light heavyweight, by the way. Okay. So, uh, yeah. That's but that much. is the, the second fight. Okay. Um, so, to backtrack to the first fight of the night, mm-hmm. it's have... bantamweight action. Yeah. And what I think is a very interesting and exciting fight. I do, too. It's uh, John Dodson. Number uh, 12 ranked. Yeah, the vet. Uh, former flyweight title challenger. He's now at bantamweight. Uh, going up against Marab Davalishvili. Nice. And uh, Marab is number 15 ranked in the is division. He? Is he ranked? Yes. Okay. I did not know that. Uh, well, if the UFC app is accurate here, yeah. 15 so, versus 12. So I'm curious what your uh, prediction is for this fight. I'm... It's tough. You, you've. This is your veteran of the game versus the up-and-coming prospect, right? Just cracked the top 15. He's on yeah. a four-fight win streak. You have to think Morav is training out of New York. With, he's uh, got Aljo with him. With um, um, He's got Ray Sarah, Longo. Sarah BJJ. Yeah. So he's, I mean, you got he's got a legit camp behind him, and ultimately that's why I am picking Morav to take this one over Dotson. Um, I think it's going to be not the most exciting fight. I think they'll have their moments, but for the most part it'll be kind of... Uh, Really technical, slow-paced. So I'm going to go Marab here over John Dotson uh, with a decision victory to start the main card off gotcha. on Saturday. So okay. I'm actually going to go with John Dotson here. And I'll explain a little bit why. Not just because I know more about him. You know, he, He's been around for a lot longer than Marab has. 
But in his most recent return to Bantamweight for Dodson, um, he, he returned to Bantamweight back in April 2016. So it's been, it's been, that it's been a while. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to read that. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Uh, but his record during that time, I believe, so he wins his first fight back at Bantamweight against Manville Gambieran. Then he loses to John Lineker, top dude. He was a beast. Yeah. Then he beats Eddie Wineland, loses to Marlon Moraes, who we just talked about, beats Pedro Munoz, who is the main event against Freddie, Frankie Edgar on the 22nd. And knocked out our boy. Knocked out Cody Garbrandt. Really great win for him there at Bantamweight. Then he loses to Jimmy Rivera and Peter Yan back-to-back. I mean, those are two of the top guys in the division. Peter yeah. Yon is the top guy. In this Jimmy team. Rivera was undefeated for a long time. Yeah. He's been on a skid lately, but he yeah. was very and, good. And then in his most recent fight back in February, uh, John Dodson beat Nathaniel Wood. That was my TKO, though. My TKO. That's fun. Um, you know, he's this is typically a guy that has a lot of decisions, so a TKO so finish. On on the reverse end of this fight, uh, you got Marab, who... He has had six fights in the UFC. Um, he's four and two. Actually, lost his first two fights in the promotion. Yeah, four fight a, win streak. Four fight win streak. All, all by a decision. Yeah, all by decision. And I ultimately see Dodson getting the win here by decision. And I just think that when you look at who Marab has fought, the biggest name is Ricky Simone. And not that Ricky Simone is not a tough dude. But compare that to the wars Dodson has had with Demetrius mm-hmm. Johnson, and then even when you go up to Bantamweight, you're talking about Marlon Marais, Jimmy Rivera, Peter Yan. Yeah. Uh, he has seen the best of the best, and Marab has not. Yeah. Um, that's ultimately why I'm doing Dodson. I do think it'll be a decision. Decision. Though. Yeah, I think I'm not sure how exciting it's going to be. Like on paper, it doesn't really uh, stick out to me as like a fight of the night candidate or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's still, a, I mean, it's a decently important fight for that division. I think it'll be one of those technical it, It's such a stacked division that when you're talking about the number 12 versus number 15, I mean, bro. It's an important These are fight. guys that could be, if, if, this, if the Bantamweight division was comparable to, you know, a division like light heavyweight, you'd be talking about these guys in the top eight, seven, six. You know, yep. that's just, it, it's just one of those divisions that's so stacked. Um, Bantamweight is... I think it's in a more prominent spot right now than it ever has been before. I agree. Completely agree. And top to bottom, like you said, it is stacked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's pretty much all about that one. I think these next three are really going to be the the talking points here, right? Yeah, man. So, you know, third fight of the night. We've got a legend of the heavyweight division. This fight is going to be He's nice. a two-time champ, right? Two-time heavyweight champ? Junior? Yeah. Uh, no, he just just once. So, um, the trilogy that yeah, I, I I don't know why I'm just doing this to paint the picture for the audience. Um, Cade Velasquez talked about him in the uh, top ten video. Did not put him in my list, but I, I still made note of him. Uh, was looked at as like being potentially one of the most dominant champions of all time. He was heading in that direction, right? Yes. UFC. Was originally airing a lot of their fight nights, you know, these free cards on Spike TV. Well, in 2011 or at the end of 2010, one of the two, um, they make a deal with Fox. There it was a huge deal at the time, um, still is to this day. It was the 
but it was what got you know nothing against Spike TV rest in peace to Spike TV <laughs> now but, it's Paramount Network yeah but you know it, this made the UFC look more legitimate yeah it was, it this wasn't is a big just, time station yeah it was, this is like a sports like this is where it got to be really looked at as like alright this is on the same level as baseball like yeah, exactly that, basketball football exactly that's how I per- perceive it well the first card that they air on Fox uh, is headlined well it's a one fight card on Fox the rest of the card was I think shown on Facebook of all places uh, I could be wrong about that but I'm pretty sure that's what it was but that main event Cain Velasquez defending his heavyweight belt against Junior Dos Santos you never see heavyweight fights on free TV so no. you know that they really they wanted, wanted to come out and make a statement and statement they did <laughs> maybe not in the way they thought Cain Velasquez, for all of his dominance and excellence and all that, my God, brother. One minute and four seconds into the first round. My God, brother. Cain. Good night. Cain. 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 Cain, listen to me. Cain. Velasquez. Cain. This is what's so frustrating about Cain Velasquez. This dude is so dominant. It's not, you know, he's had a lot of injury problems, so, um, not all of his uh, his whole career has not been affected by what I'm about to say but he goes into this fight and it is in uh, Colorado I believe which for those of you who don't know it is at altitude Um, Dos Santos trained in Colorado for weeks leading up to that fight safe to say that was a smart move Um, one of of Kane's uh, uh, weapons was his pressure, his ability, his, he was called Cardio Kane. He was able to go five rounds and keep the pressure on. Kind of like a heavyweight version of what Colby does today. Or Habib. Or Habib, yeah. And they train together, by the way. Yeah, so. I, yeah that's a great comparison right there. Um, that fight goes down. Uh, Kane just looks completely uncomfortable from the first second. It looked, literally, the walk to the cage gassed him out. <laughs> And he gets destroyed. Kane, if you're listening, it wasn't yeah, me. I'm sorry, Kane. Uh, so then, Junior Dos Santos, heavyweight champ. Well, they end up having a trilogy, and Kane. Decides, How about these heavyweight trilogies? I by know. the way. Kane decides. Oh, you you really think you're tough shit now, huh, Junior? <laughs> How about I literally destroy you for for five whole rounds, ten rounds? Well, yeah, I think. Two, the next two fights that they face against each other, Kane destroys JDS. But boy, JDS, in JDS showed so much heart in those days. Yeah, he did. And then Kane goes on to fight Fabricio Verdun in Mexico City. And this was supposed to be the, the uh, big push for the UFC to take over that kind of Mexican market. Because, you know, boxing has dominated there for so long. And then he decides, remember that time that I didn't go train at altitude? Well, now they're in a place with even higher altitude, I believe. And he goes, eh. Yeah. It's just a title I'll defense. get there when I get there. Yeah. Woo. And Fabricio basically yep. beats him easily. Yep. So, that was my little... Uh, backstory, <laughs> by backstory the way. Backstory rant. Junior Dos Santos. Uh, this is about Junior Dos Santos, though. So he's a one-time champ. That... 
a one-time champion. <laughs> what started me ranting about Kane Velasquez was he a two-time or a one-time? Was because <laughs> you didn't know for sure if he was two-time. It, it's a guy that you feel like has been a champion more than once because he has always fought the top of yeah. the division for years. No, I, I mean, a whole decade at this point. I can't agree more. And you have to look back on those Kane fights and see what came after. Because guess who he fought immediately after that third Kane fight? Our boy. Our boy, Stipe Miocic. And a decision vic- victory. Fight of the night. Yeah, it was a very good fight. Very good fight. You it's... could argue Stipe won, but it was a very good fight. JDS gets the win. Stipe... Just a bit before he was ready for that, you know, challenging for the title. That was at the end of 2014. Um, then, you know, he loses to Overeem, comes back and beats Rothwell. Uh, and then he gets a title shot. Against Stipe, against who Stipe. is just on a tear at this and point. And Stipe so. pretty much decimates him in two Oh, nights. he got revenge on the yeah, loss, yeah, that's he did. for sure. Yeah, he did. And then he goes on a three-fight winning streak. He beats uh, Blagoy Ivanov. Um, then tied to Ivasa. Who I will give credit to that win over to Ivasa. Mm-hmm. He was very high, uh, a lot of hype around yeah, Ivasa. Yeah, that time. fight night in particular, if you look at the main event co main, you had JDS versus to Ivasa, and then um, Shogun Hua versus Tyson Pedro. And the to Ivasa and Pedro are both, I believe, from Australia, mm-hmm. and it was intended. To be a coming out party for those guys because those guys was that over there too? Yeah. Okay. So it was looked at like you know these, and I talked about this a lot prior in these podcasts about the aging out vet going up against the up and coming prospect. Yeah. And both guys got beat up. Yeah, specifically for JDS, a TKO finish in the second round. Yeah, and then probably. The most impressive performance of his later career. Yeah, in recent that, memory. That TK, TK over Derek Lewis. Lewis coming off a title fight with Cormier. Um, Lewis was really at the peak of his mm-hmm. stardom at that, or yeah, whatever you want to call it, peak of his stardom. Yeah. You know, it was he was at his high of, uh, in his career, and uh, JDS looked great in that fight. He did another, another, TKO. another fight of the night. And then uh, these last two fights, he's uh, gone up against some tough guys. I mean, Ngannou, again, top of the division. Francis Ngannou. Um, if, you just, if you don't know about Francis Ngannou. <laughs> who people call the Mike Tyson of the heavyweight yeah. division. He, uh, he punches hard. <laughs> yeah, yes, he does. Uh, so hard, in fact, that that fight was over in a minute. Yes. Um, comes back and fights Curtis Blades. Uh, this time, you, you know, JDS is probably thinking, right? You know, he's probably thinking... I don't want to get punched in the face anymore. That Ngannou punched me in the face and it hurts. <laughs> I'm going to go up against a wrestler. Like Curtis Blades. Yeah, well. Well, you get TKO in the second <laughs> round. A minute into the second round. Um, but all jokes aside. Uh, JDS is for real. He is on that two-fight skid right now. Uh, but I... This is a big fight for him. It is a big fight for him. I, I don't really think he's like done or anything. Like, Yeah, those are tough losses. But those are the, the two, literally, like, if you take out, obviously, the main event, Stipe and Cormier, the top two heavyweights, Ngannou and Blades are three and four. Yeah. And they they yeah. are. And, you know, Ngannou even has the two victories over Blades. But Blades has basically dominated everybody else. Yeah. Over, I think it's literally yeah, over, DC's number one, Ngannou's two, Curtis Blades is three. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. But That's on the other it. side of this uh, fight... 
you got we've got a man that has a lot of hype behind him right now, even though he just came off of a loss. Yeah, Jairzinho Rosenstrike. Ladies and gentlemen, can we just get a W in the chat for how good Noah is with these pronunciations? Please, please, I would really appreciate it. Uh, but Rosenstrike has really kind of came out of nowhere, undefeated until May of this year. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna and get we're gonna get into that. So I, I want to start. I mean, he's four and one. Beats Junior Albany, then Alan Crowder in nine, nine seconds. seconds, and then Arlovsky, a legend yeah. of the UFC heavyweight former division, former UFC heavyweight champion, a guy that fights all the time. You know what's funny? About, <laughs> like what's funny? So this is definitely a side note, side story here. Uh, so, when I was telling you guys in my pilot episode about my start with the UFC and how. After watching 199 at Dom's, I became just like, and just wanted to learn everything I could about the sport, became in love with it. We move in together that August, uh, college in the dorm, and you tell me about UFC Fight Pass, where you pay, you could do, I think it was $10 a month, or 60 for the whole year. Something like that. And you basically get an unlimited fight library for every fight in UFC yep. history, uh, every Pride fight, Strike Force, WEC, anything that's owned under that Zupa. UFC, yeah, yeah. Zoop umbrella, um, and a lot of indie promotions as well, like mm-hmm. smaller shows and stuff like that, are on there. Um, so I start uh, around. I think I started watching at UFC 50. I was just like, all right, I'm gonna start somewhere after those early cards because yeah. that's like completely different to what it is today. I right? agree. And really, those even from UFC 50 to today, it's so completely much different. different. But that was my mindset, and I thought Arlovsky was like the coolest. He had the guy. mouthpiece with yeah. the fangs on it. I don't know if you remember me telling you that, but I was like, man, this guy's like a killer. He was a beast, and it, that's what's just so funny about like I had had no idea what his career would turn out to be. I mean, Here we yeah. are, yeah, and 2020 uh, still going. So. With that being said, I have a soft spot for Arlovsky, is the point. Well, his chin and did on this fight as his well. His chin does have a soft spot as well. 29 seconds. 29 seconds. Rosenstrike KOs him 29 seconds into yep. the fight. And, and then, then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have him, he gets a main event spot on ESPN against Alistair Overeem. Now, I didn't get to see this whole fight. Really? I didn't. Well, let me tell you how it went. So first off, main event on ESPN. Kind of a big deal. Big deal. Against Overeem. Kind no of matter, a big deal. <laughs> no matter how many times that guy's been knocked out or has fought in the UFC, I mean, he's been fighting forever. He He's a legend of heavyweight mixed martial arts. Yes. He is K1 still Grand Prix just champion. as dangerous. Not just as dangerous. He he's is still, still dangerous. He but, is still, like, yeah. around the top five. Of yeah, I see what you're saying. I agree. Um... I mean, he had just ty- uh, challenged so, for a title. So the way that fight kind of went was for really almost the entire fight. It, it looked like Overeem was going to get the decision. By the way, I just want to point out, I'm seeing it here. This fight against Overeem was literally a little over one month after his KO over uh, Arlovsky. I actually didn't notice that. Yeah, but, one yeah. month later. I guess that's what yeah. happens when you win in 29 seconds. Though. That's true. So And... <laughs> Overeem looked like he was going to basically get a decision win. Mm-hmm. Right? 
for pretty much the whole fight. Then, yeah. out of nowhere, with about... I mean, the fight ends up being stopped at 4 minutes and 56 seconds of the fifth round with 4 seconds left. But around, around the 8 second, 10 second mark left in the round, the very last round before Overeem would have likely gotten a decision victory, Rosenstreich comes out of nowhere with this haymaker mm. and just Overeem's lip <laughs> splits in half. It's disgusting. It And the fight's over. It was Done. Over. Now, a lot of people think that was a bad stoppage. <laughs> Bruh. Okay. His... Fair enough. I think it's more so because there are only four seconds left in the fight, and they say that he got right back up. Bruh. Again, I didn't see this live, so I'm well, relying no, on no, I mean, okay, maybe there's a point to that, but... He that, got he got cold cocked. Is what you're saying. That that lip, put down. That lip nasty. Yeah, that's what I want to say. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. So that fight ultimately, after he wins, he decides it sets him up for top. He's notch. feeling great. You yeah. know, Rosenstreich's like, I feel like I'm on top of the world. I feel like I'm a top guy in this division. I just beat another top dude in this division. Yeah. I'm going to call out. Who should I call out? Right. Yeah. He decides a, all the options. I'm going to call out. MMA's Mike Tyson uh, and Francis Ngannou. Yeah. And Ngannou, you know, was being so, like, humble. He's like, He's yeah. the nicest guy. He's like, A yeah. gentle he's giant. Like, he's like, of course. Like, let's fight. And, and at the time, it made sense. The lead up to the fight, no, no beef, really. Just two guys just like, yeah, we're just going to go in there and try to kill each other. And yeah. it's cool. Well. Well. Ngannou well. decides... And, I'm just going to bull rush him. Yeah, right? let me, to paint the picture for everybody, this is 249 we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, again, this just happened this, recently. This is this the first May. pay-per-view back. And I remember I was sitting there watching it with my roommate, who's not you. Who's not me. Yeah, because we don't room together anymore. This is true. Just in case anybody didn't yeah. know. Um, and Ganu essentially decides, if you've ever seen <laughs> two kids fight in the schoolyard, right? And you Multiply see them, their size by ten, right? And if and you see like the punches they throw, and you're like, I don't believe you've ever thrown a punch in your life. This is a perfect description. This is what Ngannou's punches look like, but except that it landed. had the force of a getting hit by a truck. Yeah, and the fight was over in twenty seconds. <laughs> Ngannou rushed out of the gate. Yes, swung. Six punches, and the fight was over. Um, okay, you know what? I'll paint a better picture, right? <laughs> Imagine. Picasso. Imagine a guy comes and cuts down a tree, right? <laughs> I want to see where this story goes. And he somehow picks up that tree. It's a small tree, okay? A cherry tree. Yeah. But still, a tree's big. A tree hurts this. to get hit in the yeah. face with. And imagine that guy just starts swinging the shit out of that tree at your face. That's what Ngannou did. Yep. And he landed one that was, boop, night-night. Yeah, he was asleep. Good night. <laughs> now, <laughs> Rosenstrike is 10-1. and one. That was his only loss of his oh, career. Oh, man. Now, granted, it was not the best because, you know, he didn't even really get to throw a punch. Yeah, I mean, you got to kind of feel for him there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did feel kind of bad He, he got he, what he, he asked he, for. He, he shot a shot. And he missed. And like most guys who shoot their shot. It looked like the Swaggy P gif. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Th- let's be real. Yeah, yeah. So, but we got a big heavyweight fight here, nevertheless. Yeah. JDS versus Rosenstrike, the third fight of the night. What's funny is I feel like we spent a lot of time kind of shitting them for their losses. <laughs> you both are fantastic yeah. fighters. We're just we're just like in a great mood because this card is yeah, it's so stacked. Strong. This is a big fight for the division, and they're both trying to bounce back. Right. Prediction wise. I'm going JDS here. See, I think this is the toughest fight for me. Well, I'm thinking... This and the main event are like the toughest fights for me, too. You know, these heavyweight guys, man. I, that, that's always what it is. You never know. One punch ends a fight. That's so, how it is for these guys. Let's look at it like this, right? Uh, Rosenstrike... Rosenstrike... <laughs> excuse me. Uh, is going to have the power advantage here. Is that fair to say? He's the bigger guy. He's the younger guy. Yeah. It's not unfair to say that. But JDS has the experience advantage. And you, like, still has the power. Like, I see see what you're saying. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say there is what kind of advantage that would be is if they just started... Slinging, you think one punch Rosenstrike? They has started a slinging change. these lunch boxes of for hands. Rosenstrike has the upper hand. Yeah. Okay. Because that's, that's fair. And um, now that doesn't stop my prediction. So you're picking JDS. Well, I'm picking JDS by stoppage. By TKO. I'm, TKO I'm picking, slash KO. I'm picking JD uh, JDS by TKO slash KO. Um, I think he needs a big bounce back win. He's still in the top of the uh, heap. In the division, and this will solidify that. I'm going round one, man. Round one. Round one. JDS gets a big bounce back win. Rosenstrike. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, tentative. I think he's going to be nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I think he got made. He he looked bad. He didn't even have a chance to perform. Right. And I think uh, it holds. I don't get me wrong. Ngannou hits like a truck. Yeah. Or a cherry tree swinging. Apparently, <laughs> right. But uh, I think that does a lot to someone's mental, getting KO'd in 20 seconds. I think he's going to be tentative. I think he's not going to be letting his hands go like we know that he can. And JDS is too experienced uh, in the game to let that affect how he wants the fight to play out. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm ultimately picking JDS with a stoppage in the first round. Man, it's tough. I've, I've been going back and forth with this one. I don't see, like, either way this fight goes, I think it gets stopped early. I think it will be a fun fight. Just because I said Rosenstrike will be tentative doesn't mean I don't think he's going to come out and try to put on a show. It's see, more so like... There's a difference between being tentative in the sense that you're just too scared. Not throwing Like Ngannou against Lewis. You right. Know, it won't Ngannou, be like that. Where Ngannou got his soul taken, essentially, yeah, by yeah. Stipe. Yeah. Um, because Rosenstrike wants to prove, but here. tentative can prove. but tentative can be waiting for your if you're waiting someone who's not a counter striker and you're waiting for your opponent to make the move. Mm-hmm. And JDS having that experience advantage, like I'm talking about, uh, I could definitely foresee the fight going that way. Mm-hmm. I think though I'm going to lean the other way. Okay. I I think when we were kind of talking before this, uh, before we start uh, recording. I think I was kind of telling you that I was leaning towards JDS, and then we kind of got talking, and I'm like, I'm not even like Rosenstroik like has shown that you know he's good. I'm I'm still not fully sure like I buy him as like a even really a top five guy. This would solidify it. 
It would for now. But JDS, I if there is a time where JDS is going to fall, fall you know, have that we've talked about this with all of the all time greats. That that fall from grace, right? Yeah. That fall from the top. I know he hasn't been at the top in a while, but he's on back to back losses. Two really tough guys. But he's he's now showing, this is that lesser known. Right. You know, it's the step below. Yeah. I agree. And so if he were to get finished again, yeah. And that's what I think is going to happen. I hate to say it because, I mean, no disrespect to Rosenstrike, but I, I just, JDS is just like the nicest guy mm-hmm. and has been a real pioneer for this heavyweight division. I mean, really was him and Kane were kind of carrying They that, carried the division. That post Brock Lesnar yeah. heavyweight division. Um, I think Rosenstrike gets it done in the first round. TKO, KO? Yeah, that's that's where I'm leaning. Okay. Um, would not surprise me, though, if JDS came out and just turned back the clock and looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that tentativeness might be there, and that's actually kind of making me want to say second round, but I'm not going to. Late in the first round, man. Yeah, I think uh, Rosenstruck will start out kind of tentative. But I think he'll get kind of hit with a good shot, and maybe that'll get him to open up. When more. he realizes, okay, this guy doesn't punch like Ngannou. Yeah. Here, I, like I can, once I can the, open once up. the instincts take over and you stop thinking about it so much, um, I think he'll be up for the challenge. So that's where I'm leaning. Okay. Um, did you want to make any any other comments about that fight? No, I, I think it's a again, it's an important fight for the division. It's an important fight for both guys. They're both coming off losses. It's a perfect fight. Yeah, it makes I mean, sense. We talked about Derek Lewis uh, on our pilot episode about fighting Curtis Blades. Yeah, it's another division right now that I think is starting to uh, play itself out, mm-hmm. and it should. And if Rosenstrike... Because sitting in, you know, wait yeah. for the winner of the main event. So. If Rosenstrike comes out and puts on a hell of a performance, who's to say he doesn't fight Curtis Blades? Yeah, I think, uh, I think I could see a winner of this fight fights the winner of Blades-Lewis. I think that makes sense. Yeah, it's just tough when everybody at heavyweight has fought everybody. Yeah, well, and, strike, not and that's what kind of... I just mean with, like, JDS, he's already is, fought. Yeah, if he were to win and Derek were to win, it's a rematch. You know, it's tough for him. Like, this is literally probably the last guy in the top six, seven, eight that JDS... So, really, I mean, if you're a Rosenstrike here, you have a, a lot more to gain. Yeah. Because he hasn't yeah. fought Blades, he yeah. hasn't fought Lewis. There's a lot at stake for him here. Yeah. Um, but moving on from there... I guess is the uh, co-main event. The Sugar Show. Right. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yes. Dana White Contender Series veteran. Yeah. Undefeated phenom. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really. Taking the world by storm. Really, I mean, the MMA I, world yes, by storm. Call us what you will. Say we're drinking the Kool-Aid. But oh, no. This kid is. He's the real deal, man. Yes, he is. And I think this fight's going to solidify that. So, just to get the, the fight out there, we'll say what fighting. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I feel disrespectful. No, no, no. I, no, I no. want to apologize here. He's fighting a game opponent that is uh, another top guy. So, really a top 15, I think, uh, style fighter. So this fight is at Bantamweight. Yes, 135 pounds. Sean O'Malley. Ranked 14th now after 14th his most recent win. Going up against Marlon Chito Vera, who is not ranked, correct? Correct. Now, I want to make it clear that Marlon Vera is no slouch. This is the test for O'Malley. And this is the test. He wins this. 
the world is yours. I was watching. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the the guy from in, uh, MMA media who calls himself the Schmo. A little bit. Yeah. So I was watching Glasses? This. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He has this podcast called the Schmo Zone Podcast. And Maybe we had, can be on that one day. Yeah. And he had on uh, Sean O'Malley and along with his, uh, I believe, you know, it's like his best friend, trainer. Oh, okay. I thought I was thinking yeah. of his hairstyle slash girl. Um, I'm blank. I, I wasn't really paying attention at the very beginning, so I missed the introduction part of that. But uh, essentially... Um, they were talking and O'Malley was saying he's like I look at this like this is a top 10 guy yeah because I kind of agree with him in that assessment because if you look at Marlon's kind of last fight he fought in May against Song Yudong who was the number I feel like he was 9 at the time let's see what he is now um, I'm pretty sure he was either like 9 now that fight happened at featherweight right yes it was at featherweight um, so let me look here. I believe he was ranked ninth or 11th. But the point being, uh, Marlon Vera loses that fight by unanimous decision. But and man, uh, O'Malley thinks that he won. I am so shocked that all three judges scored that for Yudong. Song Yudong actually is ranked in the Bantamweight division, ranked 13th. Okay. So he, I think he's dropped a couple spots. And ultimately... I so really, that fight was at bantamweight yeah. then, not at featherweight. Or no, it was at featherweight. Oh, wonder why they fought yeah. up for that fight. I wonder. I'm not sure. But nevertheless. But yeah, yeah uh, ultimately, I thought Marlon Barrow won that fight. Yeah, and, and prior to that, he was on <laughs> a five fight win streak. That's gonna be that's our biggest like thing right now is we literally every fight we talk about. It's like I promise you guys. Well, I think we can... for you, for you guys who are trying to get into the sport or casual viewers. Please do not be scared off by all this talk of controversial decisions. That's that's what the sport is. It's you know it is bad. It's not like make bad. It's not. It's really not as many fights as you would think. But but when they happen, ultimately, I thought Marlon won that fight, and I agree with that assessment that like he's taking it like this is a top ten guy. Yeah, Marlon is like he's on five fights in a row before the Yadong fight. Yeah, Um, and really his losses. I mean. Before even his last fight, uh, you have John Lineker on there. Yeah. Who we mentioned earlier, but just the... I mean, look at the guys he beat before those two losses, even. Brian Kelleher, who's always game, mm-hmm. and uh, Brad Pickett. Like That was actually Brad Pickett's uh, retirement fight. That was in London, which is where Pickett is. Uh, I don't know if that's where he's from or where he fights. The out UK yeah. somewhere. Um, but it was pretty much a close fight. You know, Brad Pickett, this is his retirement fight. He's, like, trying to make sure that, like, he gives these people, like, a show and goes out with a win. And about close to the four-minute mark of that yeah. uh, final third head round. Kick. Head kick. Fight over. Vera just – he's a tough He dude. is for real. And I really think that people are underestimating him in this fight. Yeah, man. Like, well, again, I keep – I feel like I keep cutting you off with this five-fight win streak that he was on before Yadong. All five of those wins were by finish. Mm-hmm. And then he loses to a, a ranked opponent, and it was a controversial contra- – I can never say the word. But a, a, a tough decision. Yeah. That didn't go his way. Ultimately, though, I'm still picking Sean O'Malley. I am 100% picking Sean O'Malley. Now, where I'm saying I think uh, people are underestimating him, 
I, I want to see him get taken way, down. I guess in a way, I think uh, maybe you're underestimating him because you, I'm pretty sure, are going to say O'Malley by KOTKO, right? Sean O'Malley wins this fight first round. KOTKO. So, mind you guys who are listening. Um, but on, I want to see on. him get tested on the ground. Yeah. Cheeto Vera has now six losses in his professional fighting career. All of them have been by decision. He's never been finished. Yeah, I get it. There's always a first time for everything. But he's never really shown even, like, being, at least from his UFC losses that I've watched, he's never even really shown to be in danger of losing, like, uh, being finished. Mm -hmm. I think this fight goes to a decision, which is definitely bold. This could be a fight of the night. Yeah, it's definitely bold to predict that with O'Malley because the guy is just so lethal. Um, But... I want to go back to you, what you were saying about um, you want to see O'Malley be taken. I, I want to see Marlon Vera uh, take this fight to the ground and really, really test O'Malley so O'Malley can show how legit he is. So here's the what I'll say about that. In Marlon's fights that I've watched, um, and even I actually heard O'Malley uh, say this on that podcast I watched last night, Basically, Marlon Vera has some great Brazilian jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. right? But in all of his fights, he is never the one that is going for the takedown. He will get taken down, and then he will be and very, he's comfortable on his very back. active on his back. See, so, so O'Malley's not going to do that. So, so I see yeah, what you're saying. So here. I think this fight is pretty much a stand-up war for its entirety. And see, that's and where I that's where I, I think the knockout. Comes so in. when I say war, um, let me be clear. I do think this will end up being like a thirty twenty seven decision. I just think it's going to be like Sean O'Malley's going to be doing his highlight reel stuff, like pulling out all the stops. You know, he's a co-main on this card. I just want to Cheeto's point out. Gonna, I think Cheeto's literally just going to be taking it and just like eating his eating punches, eating kicks. I think he's going to get beat up. But I think it's going to be just so exciting seeing him kind of keep coming. Mm-hmm. Keep coming. That's how I think it's going to go. Uh, so I do think it has the potential to be fight of the night, obviously. It's Sean O'Malley. You know, that guy's always putting on these highlight reels. And Cheeto Vera also putting on some great fights, too. Yeah, I want to point out this is the co main event. Mm-hmm. Of the biggest trilogy, arguably ever in UFC history, Sean O'Malley's ranked 14th. Cheeto Vera is technically not ranked, so that shows you uh, shows you how high the UFC is on O'Malley. Mm-hmm. Like JDS and Rosenstrike should technically be the co-main here. That originally, it backing was, uh, up a heavyweight title. Originally, fight. it was announced as such, and, then they and uh, so I just think that shows the power of O'Malley's hype right now mm-hmm. and his fan base is huge he has a million followers on Instagram already which right. is crazy considering how new he is into the game well you heard about his merch right the he's jerseys. got merch he's got a big podcast well, he had the the like Boston Celtic looking jersey yeah with O'Malley on the front yeah and it was like the number zero and then one with the number 69 on it <laughs> I'm pretty sure they sold out in under a minute that doesn't surprise me he has a large following and you know it's good for Cheeto Vera this is a guy that's getting to co-main event one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. Yeah. And like I said, the biggest trilogy fight ever. So he's going to want to put on a show. Yeah. So I'm not ruling out that a potential three-round war could happen. Mm-hmm. But I just think O'Malley's power, he doesn't look powerful. 
when I saw what he did to Wineland in June, I think it was in June, right? Or was that in July? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's putting him night night. Okay. First round. It'll be interesting to see. We're going to be watching. I'm all for a three round war, by yeah. the way. Yeah, we're going to be watching uh, these fights together. And Friday. the notepad will be in attendance. Yeah, you will have the notepad. I'll have my spreadsheet. We'll be breaking it all down. But uh, now, I think there's nothing left. We, there is nothing else we can possibly talk about. We cannot we cannot stall anymore. this anymore. The people want to know. It Ladies is the, and gentlemen, the main event of the evening, the trilogy. Yep, bring it home now. Heavyweight championship of the world to determine who the greatest heavyweight of all time is Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. Let's take a second. See, that's the same sigh I gave at the... The same exhale I gave at the beginning of the podcast. Because, man, I'm just... I am not ready. My heart is not ready for this. No, not at all. Um, but I guess let's get, let's get serious. Let's, let's get this, into right? this right now. So, we're admitted Stipe fanboys, essentially. Yes. We're just big Ohio. We we root for the Ohio guys. We are not ruling out how great Daniel Cormier yeah. is. And just uh, he's on both of our top ten lists. Look, we we broke down both these guys' careers pretty well in episode two when we were talking about the uh, top ten of all time. I mentioned in there you had DC at number nine and said if Stipe wins, he takes my number ten. He would take number ten over Max Holloway, right? Yep. Um, for me, I had my number 10 spot. The winner of this fight. The winner of this fight. Essentially, though, at the time, putting Cormier there. But, man, like, let's just take a look back at the first two fights, right? First fight, hmm. UFC 226. It's billed as the super fight. That is what the poster says. You got Daniel Cormier, who was the light heavyweight champion, moving up to fight Stipe who had the most title defenses in UFC history. International fight week. All eyes on this fight. And it was a huge fight. And honestly, man, as a Stipe fan... It hurt. It hurt so bad. I I utterly was left without speech. I remember vividly sitting in the recliner. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were all watching the fight together. And they're in the clinch. Right. A great first round, by the way. Like, a great one-round fight. Well... It, to me, like not a ton happened. It just it felt like like it felt like Stipe's strength was got the better of the exchanges. Was getting the better of the um, clinch. Now there's some you know there's some iffy moments. A couple eye pokes. I I don't want to get into that too much because I feel like it'll take away from DC. Mm-hmm. But the eye pokes played a factor, and I don't think you can say they didn't. Yeah, you kind of look at that picture of Stipe post-fight. If you remember, it's like yeah. him with the suit on. Uh, you just see all the cuts like around his eyes and stuff. I mean, it it definitely played a factor. I just, I I mean that. And either way, the punch still knocked him out. And uh, in this first round, the clinch happens multiple times, and you see the same shot. That knocks out Stipe at the end of the round. It, it happened before. It happened prior in the round. But it didn't quite land. 30 seconds left. Basically 30 seconds. This, what, let me just say on here, 4.33 is when the fight stops. So yeah, 30 seconds left in the first round. 
almost done with that first round. In a round that we both agree Stipe was probably winning, we clinch again. DC pointed out the weakness. He knew that this was a weakness. Stipe exits the clinch to his left, so this is toward DC's right hand, and he would enter with his hand down. DC lands the right hook. A shot that really... It was a it was like a it was like a boop. It was a shot that was not seen by Stipe, and I think that's what yeah. made it. But it the, put him out. It put he him to done. sleep. I mean, he maybe maybe DC, the punch itself it was like more of a shock, but then DC, DC wasted no time. Wasted no time. Hits him with a couple shots on the ground. And the he, mouthpiece comes out. Everything fight over, and then something that might be forgotten about. I just kind of want to mention it because it's kind of funny. Oh boy. Brock Lesnar comes into the cage, the former heavyweight champion. I mentioned enough. Do you want? One. Do you want to quote what he said? Do you want to quote this? Or is it? <laughs> I feel like it's kind of cringy because I remember we're we're upset, right? Because Stipe lost. Yeah. Now, Daniel Cormier is obviously one of the best ever, In a company and I have man. so much respect for that man. Like honestly, I hate that like root against him. It's just when you're talking about possibly my favorite fighter of all time, I can't help it. I try. What I love about the UFC, and uh, compared to like a lot of the team sports we watch, is usually I don't have a dog in the fight, so I can really just appreciate a good fight. Mm-hmm. While in other sports, I tend to just watch my favorite team, whether it's the Reds in baseball, the Bengals in football, the Cavaliers in basketball, or Ohio State, or Bowling Green State University Falcons, obviously. Go Falcons. Yep. Uh, so when my team loses, no matter how good of a game it is, pissed off yeah that's what happens here and that's how this felt and I hate that because like usually that's it's usually not like that usually that's why I picked UFC is because I can just objectively just watch a fight and appreciate how good it is and don't really care who wins outside of Stipe Cody you know I'm sure there'll be more guys that come through I mean Matt Brown another guy for me I personally hate seeing Max Holloway lose like that's another one but Stipe um, and Cody at the top, and that hurt. So, Daniel, or as I was saying, Brock Lesnar comes in a cage. He had not fought since UFC 200, which was his first fight in a few years. And he was juiced on that fight. He, he he failed his pre-fight and post-fight drug test. But which, they let uh, the fight go on anyway. So Mark Hunt and UFC are not on good terms anymore because no. of that. Um, under, understandably so. <laughs> and... Uh, Rock Lesnar comes in, you know, again, we're big Stipe fans. He was he had the most title defenses and essentially he kind of just got pushed out for this big money fight. Like mm-hmm. he like literally gets, you know, gains his consciousness back. Yeah. And essentially is just forced out of the cage. Doesn't even get really much of word in or anything. And I get you don't really interview guys when they get knocked out, but I'm just saying, you know, it's just it felt like, man, like they really just couldn't wait. It like, felt like it was over. It felt like Stipe was, yeah. that was it. And Dan, and Brock Lesnar comes in, and it was a really cringy... It was a WWE thing. Um, really. Really, Brock Lesnar was... <laughs> what's funny is I thought he was doing a pretty decent job of, like, selling it. He came in, because, well, DC gets on the mic, and he says, he calls out Brock Lesnar, because he's in the front row. Yeah. Brock Lesnar comes in the cage, shoves DC, and DC starts acting like a cartoon character. <laughs> And I'm like... Push me now, go to sleep sleep later. later. Which is a good line. But 
Jesus, dude, can you can you act like this is a serious fight for one second? Yeah. Instead of like literally, I, I think I saw literal money signs in DC's eyes, at one point. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Sorry, mom, if you're. It, it was a cringy thing. Um, Brock Lesnar then Joe Cuts Rogan. Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan comes over to um, be like Brock. What's going on here? And what more would you expect from Brock? Yeah, and Brock goes. Um, I believe the full quote is, he had seen the heavyweight disasters from the beginning. And then he proceeds to mispronounce. He goes, Naganu, the piece of shit. Uh, speaking on Francis Naganu. Miochik, the piece of shit. DC, Ooh. I'm coming for you, motherfucker. And then and shoves the mic into the camera. Probably breaks Joe Rogan's hand while doing it. In the camera. Yeah. And um, that's pretty much that. And then the fight never happens. Never happened. That's what made me more mad. Uh, fight never happens. It was a waste of time. And I had a feeling the fight was never going to happen. And to, and to Stipe's credit, he's like, I deserve a rematch. And he did. He did. And he held out. He took his ball. And DC... How? <laughs> DC defended the belt Why Stipe won I, the I just title. have... To, I, <laughs> Uh, Dom was trying to use his hands for emphasis right there, and he ends up just decking the bottom of the table. <laughs> uh, but anyways. Yes. DC defends the belt while Stipe recovers yeah. uh, and holds against, out against, against Derek, Derek Lewis. Lewis. We talked about it in uh, past episodes. So, going from there, DC is still angling for the Brock fight while also talking that that Brock fight would be his retirement fight was, I believe, still... Yeah. He kept a big saying, money payday. He kept saying he wanted to retire by the age of forty, and he turned forty in March of what would that have been? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, well, that the first fight was twenty eighteen. Right, but it was in uh, like October, um, or wait, no, it was in like July. It was in July of twenty eighteen. Yeah. Then he defended the belt in November against, against Lewis. Lewis, and then he wanted to be re- one more fight before. He yeah, March of twenty nineteen was his fortieth birthday. Yeah, so um, I believe that's the case. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, ultimately, the Brock fight never happens, from what Dana says. Like Brock just had no interest in it, which is <laughs> what the fuck was all that about? Then? Yeah. Was... Um, so ultimately, D- or Stipe, uh, basically betting on himself, pays off. He does not take another fight. You know, there was a lot of rumors of him fighting Ngannou again out there. I'm glad he didn't take a fight. I'm glad he didn't. Because he, he said deserve. he's like... He I defended just... the belt the most that's ever been defended. So, he ends up getting a rematch at UFC 241. Um, again, that, international fight. That week. one... Wait, was it? Yeah. I think. Was well, that... it happened in August. Maybe it was yeah, an international so it was like, fight. Week. It would have been the next yeah, pay-per-view. Yeah, so August of 2019 then. Yep. Um, it had been... A little over a year since Stipe had last fought. Yep. And I will say, as a Stipe fan, it's hard for me to ever pick against him, which might be spoiler for um, my <laughs> prediction. But uh, going into that fight, I remember being like, that was the the one time when I so picked nervous. him that I knew I was only picking him because I just loved the guy. You thought he was going to lose? I was, in the back of my mind, I thought he was going to lose. That's. I mean, I felt. And the we same watched way. this, and we also watched this card at Beatups. And one of my good friends um, came and watched it uh, with us towards the end. Just he's a guy who never really watched much. He just wanted, you know, see two guys who love it mm-hmm. watching it. And man, that fight! What a great fight! What a 
great fight. So, first two rounds, well, first round, DC is able to basically pick up Stipe like a backpack. <laughs> it will. <laughs> Stipe hung in the air for like 10 seconds yeah. upside down. Yes. Like and then back- DC is like, okay. Like a and back- then dumping. Like a backpack. Like a backpack. Um, and then DC pretty much controls top position for the rest of the round. Yep. One round DC. Dominant round. Round two. Um, Stipe just looks slightly tentative on the He feet. even said that he was tentative yeah. in that first fight. I think he literally said, I was fighting like a pussy. I think yeah. that's what he said. And DC is pretty much, like, you notice DC's getting very confident himself in this round. Yeah, he was his hands are getting rightfully real, so. Yeah, his hands get real low. He's standing right in front of Stipe. Fli- literally mind flicking you, Mind you, Stipe's strength is his boxing. Yeah. And DC's is his he wrestling. Was, yeah. And yet DC's sitting there just kind of... I'm not saying he's piecing him up or anything, but he's just landing decent shots and standing right there saying, go ahead. Yeah. And Stipe's just kind of not throwing a whole lot. Yeah. 2-0 DC. Yeah. Round three. This is the round that I guess kind of gets debated because we both thought Stipe came back in this round. He started to feel more comfortable. I agree. I will say both guys, like DC was still hands low, like right in he front was of very Stipe. confident. But now Stipe's like, I can't just let this guy just stand here. Like I got to start throwing stuff at him. So they go back and forth in that round. Great round. I thought Stipe got the uh, better shots, nod, yeah. more significant shots. Yeah, and a lot of that's because I thought DC was literally just letting him. Yeah, like, it was just standing there. And I mean, to DC's credit, he did eat some shots. Yeah, and he didn't really look like he was hurt by any of them. But it was still you have to take into account that neither guy really looked. Yeah. Like after that round. So I had a 2-1 DC going into the fourth. You could argue 3-0. Yeah. But I as well. But by no means that I think this fight was like a a lot. I've heard people word it like he was being, like Stipe was being dominated. If anything, it set up a great championship round four and five. Yeah. Um, So round four happens. And we see something we've never really seen in DC before. Which is, and this, you know, obviously since he had went back to heavyweight, he spent so much of his prime at light heavyweight. Uh, he fight with, the first fight with Steve Bailey went one round. Fight with Derek Lewis went into the second. I think so. But it was just literally him yeah. pretty much. Dominating. Yeah. And um, we see DC getting tired. Uh, maybe the added weight, you know. I think both fights he weighed in more than Steve Mm-hmm. Yep. And he weighed more in the second fight than the first one, too, I think. So, we see him starting to slow down. And, and the, this is where we're going to say it. The, the most beautiful mid-fight adjustment that we both have It's ever the seen. best mid-fight adjustment I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the most important mid-fight adjustment I've ever seen. Yeah. It was incredible. Because ultimately, you want to tell him what well, ends up happening? Uh, you know... Anybody, doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or whatever, anybody that watched that fight noticed, holy moly, these body shots did not happen in the first three rounds, and they are immediately having an impact on how this fourth round's playing out. So, you know, painting the picture, as you've been saying, Stipe starts going to the body. Left hook after left hook after left hook. Brutal shots to the body. And uh, DC had no answer. No answer. I'm, I'm thinking 10, 11, 12 body shots. Yeah, dude. Until finally, 
he lands one last one. I'm talking like steep or DC's body, like lifts up. That's how good of a left hook it was to the body. Followed up, left jab. Here comes the right cross. Boom! Right on the button. Steep Hay lands. Cormier does the the stinky leg. You know he gets wobbled. Steep Hay. This is my chance. Pounces. Gets pounces on him right up against the cage. Boom! 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 Steep or uh, DC drops his legs. Fold. He's just getting boom! 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 Shots just <laughs> bouncing off of his yeah. face. Herb Dean steps in. And new again. Steep Hay regains what he lost. And man, did we go crazy in that B-dubs. We stood up in the middle of B-dubs and hugged. Uh, and Jeremy, my my good friend, shout out to him. He was like, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> incredible like, fight. Incredible finish. Incredible everything. Yeah, yeah, and the um, mid-fight adjustment. Man, I, I think can't what, say was so, what was so crazy about it was it, it kind of felt like a movie, that fourth round especially. Because... You saw DC was pretty much... I mean, not that he was dominating, but he was winning the fight. You saw that, like, if and Stipe doesn't do something here, he could lose. Yeah, because it, it could have been 3-0. Yeah. You know, obviously, as we have mentioned so many times so far, is that we don't tend to agree with judges on some of these fights. Yeah. Uh, so we knew that it could have very well been 3-0. And Stipe, from that, just... What it was was the first body shot, right? It kind of he hits it, and normally when a guy gets hit in the body like clean, it's like ooh, like ah, like the rib, you know, like or the liver, like it's like ouch. Yeah. But it's never like uh, you never like sit up in your chair or like wait a minute. Mm-hmm. But that's what I did. Like the moment he landed that first. Well, point, even you go back and listen. I watched the fight recently, and you listen to the commentators, and they're like, "Oh, he went to the body. Mm-hmm. Here comes the next shot. Oh, he goes to the body." And you're like, "You." It's like you saw the outcome playing out. Yeah. From the start of the round. The moment I saw that first body shot, I was like, "This in is my head." This I was is like, gonna he's going to win. Yeah. He's yeah. going to win. Yeah. That was literally what I thought, which was crazy mm-hmm. because nothing leading up. It's to, hard to describe. One, yeah, it's really hard to describe because it's like it's almost like you had already like in my head like I had already seen the the rest of the fight play out. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's the moment where it happens, but I hadn't watched it live. Ultimately, though, Stipe, um, probably one of my happiest moments as a UFC fan. Yeah. I mean, how can you not love that moment? Right? It was great. Man. I mean, we, that was probably the most excited we ever got, like, <laughs> watching a fight. Outside of seeing him live. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was unreal, man. And um, I can't say enough about the body shot. After that fight, pretty much right away, Dana White's like, yeah, we're going to try to book the trilogy. And yeah. here we are, another year goes by uh, so, breaking news I'm sorry I just got an alert on my phone I just want to point this out it's not a huge deal just pointing back to our news segment at the beginning of the episode uh, Betch Kohea just got released by the UFC I'm sorry I just totally killed the vibe of the main event but it just popped up on my phone rip Bantamweight fighter uh, former former title, title challenger yeah. hasn't really been good since yeah uh, no. good luck to her in her future I mean She'll ever be back in the UFC. I could see her going to Bellator. Yeah, I mean we say that a lot, yeah. but who knows? Good luck, yeah. Korea, But anyways, I'm sorry. Um, back to the the main event. So we what what's got to be look or considered with this fight is the lead up to the third fight. So that we we mentioned that second fight happened in 
Last August. August 17th. It's been a year. Almost one full year. And the fight before that was a year before that. Yep. So we have the third fight in as many years. It's crazy. And after the second fight, the plan was, at least from what um, Dana had been communicating, was for this fight to probably happen in, like, the spring. Like, you know, the spring we just went past, not spring ahead. Obviously, I think COVID had a, a factor. Well, COVID did have a factor, Stipe but the biggest a, factor was surgery. Stipe had his retina. to uh, detached retina, which is that same injury that Michael Bisping got after the Vitor Belfort fight, um, ended up eventually causing him to go blind and well, lose his eye. Yeah. Lose his eye. Um, and even before he lost the eye, when he was still fighting, it was irreparable eye damage that never recovered. So, a hearing that he was going through that, I was getting kind of nervous. Like, oh man, is 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 he okay? Like, is he going to be able to finish out this trilogy? DC, meanwhile, is like continuing to call him out, saying he's like Stipe's scared to fight him or ducking him, whatever he's saying, you know. And Nor- Stipe's it's, completely unfazed by that. Yeah, he is, and it's just like it's Stipe's literally like, dude. Let me get my eye fixed. Like, let me get You're my the eye one fixed. that caused this. He's let like, I'm a, full, I'm a full-time firefighter. Yeah. I literally, like, he, he literally wasn't even able to really train due to COVID. Yeah. You know, Stipe has a relatively small camp. Yeah. Small group of guys. Compared to, you know, he's not. He's DC trains at AKA. Yeah. Like, that's, hello. So, the uh, fight gets announced uh, just not that long ago, like, officially. Yeah. I mean, we all knew it was Seems coming. Seems like yesterday. But uh, it gets announced for 252. And uh, then we find out it's going to be at the Apex. So smaller yeah. smaller octagon. Definitely favors DC. I don't think you can really argue that. Yeah. I mean, Dana will say up and down yeah, that the, statistically, the smaller octagon does not statistically favor anybody. That well, is, and I think... So a lot of people think the smaller octagon leads to more finishes. I am just where DC being a wrestler, and I know he's going to utilize his wrestling in this third fight more than the other two, I think he's favored in that aspect. Not necessarily by finishing the fight. Okay. Yeah, that's... I I, th- I will agree with you on that. So, this is where... This is it. This is it. So how do you, Dominic Salih foresee this third fight playing out you know I was just sitting here thinking what am I going to say here because I really don't you know I'm picking Stipe right I'm going to just come straight out and say that and that's not just because I'm favoring him right that's not because he's my favorite this is really a 50-50 fight it is Uh, and and I'm not going to pretend like if I didn't love Stipe as much as I did that I might not that I might pick Cormier Stipe in the embeddeds that I've seen so far and in an Instagram picture he just posted, he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Yeah, he does look incredible. DC also does look like he's in better shape than the previous heavyweight Yeah, appearances. I mean, he had mentioned um, how cardio was a big thing for him, especially, like, this week. He was talking about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I, a lot of people keep predicting that DC is going to utilize the wrestling DC said as much. He told Stipe, bring, bring your wrestling, wrestling shoes. shoes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm. I don't know, like if that's how I see it really going, though. 
But go ahead and continue. I kind of interrupted your... No, you're fine. I want to see what you think. I do think DC will wrestle. Mm -hmm. I think he'll get a round or two out of it. Uh, ultimately, I think it's going to come down to Stipe making another mid-fight adjustment, not allowing DC to get in. Uh, in that first fight, Stipe didn't really throw leg kicks. I think it was because of the worry that DC can grab a hold of him. Right. Um, I think we see a feeling-out process again in the first round. I think we see Stipe get taken down in the first round. So kind of like the second fight. Yeah. Um the more and more I play this out in my head again noted earlier the UFC 4 video game simulation had DC winning via 4th round TKO I'm going Stipe Miocic and still defends his title 2nd uh, round TKO 2nd round that's a bit, I'm a bit I don't think he's messing around in this fight I think he yeah. wants to get out of there I think he wants to put the nail in the coffin put this trilogy behind him mm -hmm. and I, I think he's going to get the finish yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the same winner. I'm going to go with Stipe. Um, that kind of goes without saying, just based off what we kind of been leading up to. Um, I think, I will say, like, if Daniel Cormier is going to win this fight, I really think a that... decision. I really think it's like a decision yeah. where he pretty much wrestles and basically um, is at least... Um, He's at least uh, being aggressive with his wrestling, I should say. Like, it's always in the back. Like, if he can get it in the back of Stipe's mind, like, if you throw anything, I'm going for a takedown. Yep. And now, and that could potentially work. You got that smaller cage. Like, he'll be. It, it will favor. They're gonna look like of, giants in there. Yeah, and um, that's how I would foresee him winning, which is funny because first fight he showed he can. No, I, I'm on the same page. I, I also think that if DC wins, it would be by decision. So the way I do, the way I actually see this fight playing out is, I think DC's going to be trying to do a lot of clinch work again. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was so that ended up being successful for him in the first fight, um, and then he, I even saw on his Instagram page, he was showing like uh, throwing that left in the clinch. And um, so they're pretty much predicting Stipe to be kind of dropping his hands in the clinch again. I don't think that'll happen. What I think is going to happen is I think Stipe looks incredible. I think that 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 added strength he's kind of got on right now. I think he's going to be able to outmuscle Cormier in the clinch and stay. What's going to be important for him is to stay active in the clinch. Um, keep the pressure on DC because DC. Just, it wasn't just because he got tired that those body shots were effective. That's a weakness. Not saying he can't improve on that and make it to where it's not a weakness. Mm -hmm. And he'll be ready for it this time, I'm sure. But if Stipe can keep the pressure on him and stay active with his hands, throwing everything at his face, at the body, mixing it up real well, which is how I think he'll go about it, then it's going to be a long night for DC. And you think a dominant? It sounds to me like you're predicting a dominant showing here from Stipe. <laughs> I'm sure DC will have his moments. Maybe he does get a takedown if he decides to go that route. I think by the second round, though, you're looking at pretty much a stand-up battle. Where I think Stipe will get the majority of the exchanges in his favor. And I'm going to go with... 
I'm gonna go with third round uh, TKO for uh, the Penn. champ and still and still and you know now that we have this uh, platform to <laughs> give these thoughts uh, leads to possibly being scrutinized a lot more for our picks yeah I mean I'll be honest I'm a huge fan I've even bet on a lot of fights. I don't usually I don't usually predict them very well. It yeah. seems like yeah. Sometimes I do. Well, it's hard to predict them. Man. Yeah, like, man. At it's the tough. end of the day, That's, UFC is probably or MMA in general is probably the hardest sport. You, you can have all the knowledge in the world. You can be a casual. You can be passionate fans like us. But you know, you never know. Anybody has a puncher's chance. It is the hardest fight to or hardest sport. Excuse me to bet on. Well, this is the hardest one to pick <laughs> yeah. a winner for. I mean, because if you compare it to like a football game, right? Um, let's say you got a team like the Chiefs going up against a team like the Bengals. Yeah, <laughs> shout out who day. Uh, you know, the Chiefs will obviously be very favored in that. If the if you bet on the Chiefs for whatever reason, and they're up thirty to nothing in the fourth quarter. Joe Burrow, a, Joe Burrow can't throw a 31-point point touchdown, touchdown pass. pass. While you see fights like uh, Korean Zombie versus Yair Rodriguez is sticking out to me. Yeah. And then Rosenstreich versus um, Overeem. Yeah. Where the other fighter looks like they have a pretty clear-cut decision. And then the last second... One shot. One shot and fight goes to the other one, one kick, one punch, one elbow, one knee, one submission mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Just, and it happens, it, it happens quite Anderson a bit. Silva, Chael Sonnen. Yeah, that's another one. That's a great one to compare because Chael dominated. Yeah. Silva, he, literally Joe Rogan, the dying words in Chael Sonnen. Joe Rogan says, is it too early for Chael Sonnen's corner to start celebrating? And, and then, then he gets submitted. Anderson Silva submits him. And that's kind of my point here is that, man, it's it's tough to predict these fights, especially in one like this where both guys got a victory over each other. And we still have just yet to real like, I really don't know what DC, what his game plan is going to be. I mean, he's he has not really shown that he does the same. Like, he's, he's shown a different kind of mentality in each fight he's had at heavyweight since going back. Whereas we know what Stipe's going to do. Yeah, I mean, at least... I, we think we know. Yeah, so... Long-winded way of saying uh, third-round TKO. Um, I guess the last thing we can touch on, um, I do think that win or lose, this will be Cormier's last fight. Yeah. However, there is the rumor going around uh, kind of at the, you know, nothing really... Well, did you see what Javier Mendez said, DC's head coach? Oh, about John Jones? If enough money is offered... He thinks DC would accept a trilogy with John Jones so at heavyweight. What I was gonna say was something I had been hearing. I didn't realize that Javier Mendez said that. But, um, imagine, right, that the UFC kind of keeps us under wraps, and the winner of this fight would be fighting John at heavyweight. John even comes in the cage after the fight. I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but it's interesting to think about. I, really, this could be both guys' last fight. Yeah, neither have anything left to prove. I personally don't want to see DC and John again. Mm-hmm. I think DC has done so much, and I think this is the perfect way to go out, especially if he were to win. Now, if Stipe wins, I want him to fight John Jones. Very badly. Either John Jones or Nganu for a second time. 
I wouldn't mind seeing the Nganu, but like I that fight, Stipe versus John Jones, and this is a podcast for another day. I'm not going to go on and on about it. That is a fight that interests me in so many ways, mm-hmm. but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess that's kind of the the end of it there. I mean, do you think there's a chance Stipe uh, retires after um, this fight? I we'll see like, what damage you know, happens. I feel like the loser of this fight is like almost like a guarantee to retire. Like, if Stipe loses... You have to think, he spent the last three years strictly on Cormier. Yeah. And sure, he gets this win, and in theory, he can continue to go on and uh, defend. But if he loses, I mean, if he, yeah, like, I, I don't imagine do. when like, you've hit this point where you got, in my, in our opinion, and I, I went a step further and said this is the biggest title fight in UFC history. From a sheer competitiveness, where guys are ranked, the backstories, like where they're at in our like we think they're two of the best of all time. Like sure it might not sell the most pay per views, but I think it's the biggest legitimate UFC title fight in UFC history. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a fight for the heavyweight goat. Um so I don't imagine Stipe after this just crazy last three years, if he were to lose wanting to be a contender is yeah. wanting to go back and fight someone like a Rosenstreich or uh, Curtis Blades mm-hmm. or Volkov. Or it's almost like he's uh, too big for that. It's like yeah. he, it's almost like Stipe has to be the champion. Yeah, now. and I don't know if uh, I don't know how he feels about it. But for all we know, DC could win, retire, and then, and then the belt's have, vacated. And then you probably put Stipe against Ngannou, or if Stipe's out for a while, you got Ngannou versus just give him the belt. But yeah, the winner of Blades and Lewis. Yeah, I guess so. Um, There's yeah. a lot of interesting yeah, things. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Um, any other final thoughts before we kind of wrap this thing up? That's all I've got. Uh, again, just recapping on this great week one that we've had for the yeah, Below Average Joe's podcast. Yeah, I've, I've, I really, we really can't say enough. We're, we're so happy with the positive feedback, mm-hmm. and uh, we. I just want to thank you guys. I know Noah wants to thank you guys. Mm-hmm. For the support, I hope it continues that way. I hope you guys are enjoying what we're putting out there. And uh, there's just so much more to come. And this was an episode we were so excited to record. We know the news section took a lot of the first part of it up, but there was a lot of news. Uh, But this UFC 252, don't get it twisted. We have been waiting to go over this. And our predictions are out there now. So now we tune in Saturday night. We have some wings. We drink a beer. And... We see what happens. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, just to go off what you said, I mean, it's it's really been um, – I never should have had any doubt that, like, people weren't going to support us, right? Right. We have a very – I don't even know if it's really a doubt, right? It's just well, more so I just, like – Well, I just – we – okay, uh, we, we have definitely put a lot of time into this and a lot of thought into it. Mm-hmm. But when we first started it, literally our mindset was – Fuck it, why not? Yeah, we'll just do it to talk about it. Literally, and, I was people like, watch, people literally, watch. we just kind of, we, I mean, we had talked about it for like a year, and it was always like, ha-ha, like, yeah, that'd be cool, whatever. And then we were just sitting there last week. Why not? Why not? And, and literally, it all, it all moved so fast. Like, yeah. we weren't planning originally to start as early as we did. We were yeah. going to wait till basically, like, this, this, this would have been episode one, in theory, if yeah. we had done yeah. it originally. But um, we literally, you ground. go invite a mic. I'm like, well, we need a logo. So I spend about 
Uh, and this is a little bit. I don't. You know, I love the logo. I think it's cool. Let but, us know if you like the logo. But, but ultimately, I spent about twenty minutes on it. Yeah. Not that I didn't care about it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's just that was all it took me. And then we put the mic, set it up, put it in front of us, and then we just did what and we here we are, episode three. So it's just really nice to see like you know the Carlisle folks coming out to support us. The BG, the, pool, the BG folks, folks and just everyone us. else that's watched. Like, yeah, I mean, even a lot if of we don't fam- know, a lot yeah. of our family have been real yeah, supportive yeah. about it. Which, you know, it, it is like it's just cool to see that kind of reaction. So, really, thank you guys. And um, if they're, you know, I'll even incentivize putting stuff in the comments here. You know, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, yes, want us to see, I, I've wanted to mention that. Uh, especially, we have that segment, those uh, Wednesday videos, where they are special videos. Yeah, and ideally, we'd be putting out stuff that you guys that you guys see. want to see. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, what do you want us to try and make a video on? And we'll, I can promise, we'll put our all into making as good of a podcast as we can. And I guess that's a good way to segue into. Uh, what we have going on for the next week or so. Right. So obviously Saturday, we're going to be watching the fights. Very um, close. That Monday, um, you will see episode four. Yeah, it'll be uh, be the recap. The recap of Saturday's fights. Uh, we'll also probably, if, assuming there are new stories that come out from now until then, uh, we'll be talking about the latest news as well. But mostly going to be a recap of two fifty two. Wednesday. This is we're very excited for this. Right, and we actually didn't. I wanted to. I remember I wanted to confirm with you before if this was what we were doing for Wednesday. But I'm assuming it's what we agreed on last time. Uh, The second of our special videos, but episode five of the podcast uh, is going to be so you know a fun little idea. We're in August of 2020, right? The the latter half. All right, we're almost. And every belt is taken by a champion right now. So we're going to fast forward a year ahead to August of 2021. And we're going to discuss who we believe will be the champion of each division. This time next year. Yep. And I think that's just a super fun concept. Yes. Just because, I don't know, it's just, it's really fun. I mean, it's it's definitely like something we can look back on. Like when we get to that point next yeah, year. Yeah, a year from now when we make a podcast recapping. It's going to be so fun to see if we were accurate at all. Yeah, because more than likely not, but... There's so many fights that can play yeah, out in a year. It's crazy, but uh, we're going to have a lot of fun doing that one. Um, and then that that Friday, episode 6, will be a preview for the fight night happening that Saturday, yep. which as of now, uh, headlined by Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar at Bantamweight. A fun fight night. It is a fun Not fight a lot night. of hype, but I think it's a fun one. It's always fun watching fights, man. Absolutely. But, uh, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Yeah, so you can find me personally on Twitter, Instagram, Dsalee14. Mm-hmm. And I got a plug, the Below Average Joe podcast. I, I got to give a shout out to my girl, Megan O'Levy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she probably ain't listening. <laughs> but she uh, shared one of our Instagram stories on her personal Instagram account and I'm just so baffled and I was taken away that even just the name of our podcast could show up on her account. Someone so well known in the industry and a great person, great commentator, great fighter, mm-hmm. husband, Joe Benavides. 
Shout out Megan O'Levy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our Instagram below average Joe's underscore podcast. And for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ntbaker underscore. And uh, that's pretty much it. You guys have a great Friday and hopefully a great weekend. Uh, Let us know what you think of the fights. And we will see y'all on Monday.